0: Rapper Lil Xan, who I've never heard of, but I, it doesn't I matter. Big, I know
1: Big Zan. I know. It
0: doesn't matter <laughs> who the person is. Uh, I know Lil Xan just survived a binge eating Flamin' Hot Cheetos sit down. Dude, uh, he, OD'd he burned on a hole hot Cheetos. like oh. in his stomach. Pediatricians have been warning about the oh dangers of Flamin' God. Hot Cheetos. Every year, dozens of children visit the emergency room with Flamin' Hot intestines. <laughs> Spicy foods. Did you ever can... have
1: flaming hot intestines? <laughs> yes, the heist. They had a just whole, in Jordan whole buffet of those.
0: Spicy foods cause ulcers, <laughs> gastritis, and inflamed. You know where's Buckies. <laughs> yeah, Bucky. you got a flaming hot one. You got a flaming Buckeye. <laughs> Doctor Martha,
2: Ray... what did
3: they give
0: you for that? Just
4: Some a popsicle. <laughs>
2: Randy Bellman, and the DVE Morning Show.
1: Oh, it's a brand new season for the Pittsburgh Steelers after a win against the Falcons yesterday. Full report coming up. Very excited about... Huge win. Oh, my God. Huge. And uh, James Conner with a a big day. uh, Goings on in the division there yesterday, too, where... uh, um, the uh uh the browns ended up winning didn't they yeah they so upset they, they, the ravens so now they and the steelers are tied in the division right that was almost a tie between the browns and the ravens which would have been the greatest thing ever for them to have <laughs> two, two ties. ties yeah um but big goings on for the pittsburgh steelers we'll get down to the business of that with mike Pursuta coming up val get you going this morning and i'm telling you I needed that win in a big way yesterday. That was we all did. That was cleansing. City did. Oh my god. Team did. We did. Everybody did. Oh, it felt good. All right, Val. What's going
0: on? Here's the Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast brought to us by Bridgeville Appliance. It's 67 degrees at DVEM. Val Porter. Twenty people are dead after a limousine crash in Upstate New York on Saturday. In a press conference yesterday, first deputy superintendent Chris Fiore with the New York State Police Department says the crash. Crash happened after a limousine failed to stop at an intersection, ran into a parking lot, and hit a parked vehicle. Crash happened Saturday just before 2 p.m. in Skohari, about 45 miles west of Albany. All 18 people in the limo died. Two two pedestrians who were hit also were killed. 18 people in a limo? Yeah, I'm thinking it was one of those limo buses type things, maybe. How
3: fast were they going? Everybody died? Yeah. That's That's insane.
0: I saw this headline yesterday. I was like, that has to be a typo. That can't be right.
1: Everybody died. That is.
0: Yeah. All 18 people in the limo. Horrific. And landslides continue to be an issue in our area. Residents of a North Strabane Township neighborhood are getting some help after a landslide caused big problems there. Township officials told residents of the Majestic Hills subdivision yesterday that work will begin this week to build a wall to shore up the loose ground. That landslide started this past summer, buckling an access road and causing two homes to need to be demolished. Monkey see, Monkey Drive. Well, a bus driver in southern India was suspended Saturday after a video of him letting a monkey handle the steering wheel went viral. The video shows the monkey on the wheel while the driver smiles and pets it. The state-run transportation corporation that operates the buses said putting a monkey behind the wheel was... Uh, a bit too much of a risk for passenger safety. <laughs> yeah, a
3: little bit. Uh, that's a one star if I'm uh, <laughs> on that bus. <laughs>
0: <What>? <laughs> Not Come.
3: taking that transportation anymore. Um, yeah,
1: I, you know. I mean, I I think monkeys can do lots of things.
0: Drive a bus might be beyond. I'm going to draw the line at that. Yeah, you think abilities. it's so easy?
3: Why don't you do it? Bus driving monkey.
0: Comic book action taking over the box office. The new Marvel superhero film Venom brought in 80 million in North America in its first week in theaters, posing the largest posting, the largest debut ever for an October release. A Star Is Born with Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper only made 41 million, which isn't bad, but I thought it would be bigger.
1: I did as well, but it's probably going to be a consistent. They'll probably do 30 million next weekend. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, small foot, Night School, and House with a Clock in Its Walls rounded out the top five.
1: Don't don't discount how much people hate Lady Gaga. Really? Yeah. There's a lot of I didn't people. Know people
0: hate her.
3: I didn't know people hated oh, her. People either love
0: her or were kind of indifferent. Yeah. A
1: lot of people don't like yeah. the idea of her doing this movie. I think this movie is like annoying for a lot of people.
0: Uh, Rush is set to release a 40th anniversary expanded reissue of their uh, 1978 album Hemispheres. The anniversary edition of the band's sixth studio album will be available in a super deluxe edition, the two CD deluxe edition, three LP deluxe edition, and deluxe digital edition. The super deluxe edition includes two CDs, one Blu-ray audio disc, and three 180-gram black vinyl LPs. All of the configurations will be available November 16th. One of the tracks on Tom Morello's upcoming solo album, The Atlas Underground, pays tribute to his former bandmate, Chris Cornell, and will be used by a suicide awareness group. The track is called Every Step That I Take, and it has a guest appearance from Portugal, The Man. Morello telling the Chicago Tribune, quote, we're partnering with an organization called SAVE, Suicide Awareness Voices of Education, focusing on suicide prevention, information, and depression awareness. With the passing of Chris over a year ago and the momentum towards removing the stigma from mental health issues and suicidal thoughts. It was very important to have a song from that point of view, end quote. Morello and Cornell made three albums in five years during their time an audio slave. The Atlas Underground is due out on October 12th. And that statue of Chris Cornell now on permanent display in Seattle. Cornell's widow, Vicki, was on hand yesterday at the unveiling ceremony held at the city's Mopop Museum. The six-foot bronze statue features Cornell's signature leather jacket and dog tags and a Gibson guitar. The unveiling was following, followed by an hour-long screening of a 2013 Soundgarden concert inside the museum, appropriately named Sky Church fog this morning sunny later mid 80s for the high today it is 62 at dve the
1: pittsburgh steelers yesterday with uh oh man
3: a catharsis
1: yes the cure for what was ailing all of us james connor with a big day but they were big plays all around
4: he's back steps up in the pocket fires for the end zone touchdown juju smith schuster in the back of the end zone T.J. Watt was all over the field. With his protector to his left in Coleman. And they touched the first sack, but the second one gets him. T.J. Watt mopping up, but there was outside pressure, and he tried to go forward,
1: and Watt was waiting for him. And maybe most important of all, Antonio Brown and Ben get on the same page in the second half and just... Turn the place upside down, a 47 yard touchdown here. Play action fake,
4: Ben wants to air it out. There's a man open, it is caught. That's a touchdown, that's Antonio Brown. and It is best from 47 yards out. Alford looks at him and said, where'd you come from?
1: Antonio Brown with a huge day, and with a big day. James Conner with a big day and the defense stops Matty Ice and the prolific Atlanta Falcons offense. A big W for the Steelers yesterday. Special oh, teams, well too. The
0: world.
1: Yeah,
3: special. Rosie Nix with the block.
1: Yep, yeah, that was huge. And uh, as Val said, okay, we've restored order. Or have we? In the AFC North, the Browns win. And they're tied with the Steelers still in the division. Baker Mayfield leads them to an upset in overtime. Their third overtime in five games. Ben had a really not great first half. Just... Overthrew everybody, was high on everything, settled down in the second half, got it going. Connected with, uh, with the AB, which is what we most wanted to see. Michael, I have the details <laughs> on that. Tim Benz, Jerry Dulac, Stan Savern, and more of the Steelers win. Let's enjoy oh. that. Now, uh, ostensibly, that song is about stroking your ego. Oh. Okay? Okay. Put your right hand out, give a firm handshake, talk to me about that one big break, Sp- spread your ear pollution... Both far and wide Keep your contributions By your side It sounds like uh, Another one of the Record executive songs You know Like uh, Boston has uh, um, uh, Rock and roll band uh, Skinner has Working for MCA um, No surprise By uh, Aerosmith These are uh, like All songs about You know Dealing with industry types mm-hmm. So this is Billy, G- Billy Squires But it's it's a you know it's a word that make everyone thinks it's about something else. Yeah. <laughs> so it's well, just going stroke me, stroke me.
3: A lot of yeah. people getting a vibe there, feeling like it's a little <laughs> bit of a double entendre.
1: Right. Um, mm-hmm. Could be a winner, boy. <laughs> you move mighty well. Stroke me, stroke me. You got your number down. Stroke me, stroke me. Say you're a winner, but babe, you're just a sinner now. I mean, that kind of feels like that's just about like. Uh, Just straight stroking. Just stroking. Yeah, but the little ego, it's a little like some guy with a cigar going, oh, yeah, we'll we'll chew you up and spit
3: you out in the industry and everything. Um, Now that my ego's been stroked, (laughs) you're still here. We've got 25 minutes left in the half hour. But I didn't know that as a kid when I heard this song. (laughs) I just thought it was about a guy
1: that wanted to be stroked.
3: (laughs) Right. You thought it was Travolta's favorite song. uh, 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 Yeah. yeah. Hey, uh, I wouldn't mind being stroked. I'm John Travolta. <laughs> <laughs> I love how he says his name. <laughs> hey, uh, I'm John Travolta.
1: Better listen now. Said it ain't no joke. Don't let your conscious fail you. Just do the stroke. I thought that meant it was like a dance. Everybody, do I'm the like, stroke. are people doing well, the stroke? You know, I a didn't bit know of a that. the dance. Don't you take no chances. Keep your eye on top. Do your fancy dances. You just can't stop. Stroke me. Stroke me. Bill, I think that is the stroke dance. Yeah. He was kind of doing it there.
3: Two two fists in the it's air. Like two, holding two shake weights That's and right. kind of <laughs> pumping outwards.
1: Well, I'll tell you, uh, yesterday, the Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, I don't want to make a stroke analogy. All I'm going to tell you is this. <laughs> I would have had a stroke if they would they would have lost again to the Falcons at home. The Falcons' defense is abysmal terrible awful yes Steelers took advantage of that to the tune of 41 points if Ben doesn't have a bad first half it's probably 80 points they were so they made so many dumb plays in the first half Um, in particular Ben's interception at the end of the first half which was maddening maddening
3: you know what's crazy is that the over seemed the over was 57 for that game I believe right yep and they didn't look like they were going to get anywhere near that. And then all of a sudden with that last touchdown. This did it for you. Ice in the gun. He's back. He's going to be hit. Sacked. And the ball is out. The Steelers
4: knock it into the end zone. They dive on into the end LJ zone. Ford. And that's a touchdown.
3: LJ Ford. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. Pele Dupree almost kicked it out of the back of the end zone.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Pele Dupree. Mike Pursuit coming in with your sports here. When we return, post-game reaction from the locker room as the Steelers get a much-needed win. And in fine fashion against the Falcons yesterday, a 41-17 W. That means we eye up the Bengals next Sunday, a 1 o'clock matchup down in Cincinnati. Ooh, huge. have all the action for you here on DVE. Mike's coming up next talking Steeler football. James Conner, Ben Roethlisberger, Antonio Brown, and T.J. Watt the defense come up with a big one yesterday for the Steelers.
0: Hector.com
1: DVE Sports What a difference a day makes for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Mike Persuda with your sports right now on DVE.
5: Sports is brought to you by CBS Television. Ben Roethlisberger and Antonio Brown finally got on the same page consistently in the second half yesterday for the Steelers. James Conner. Rumbled for 110 yards rushing and added 75 more receiving and scored a couple of touchdowns for the Steelers yesterday. But the story of the day and maybe the story of the season, at least through five games, what the defense was able to do to Matt Ryan and a very explosive Atlanta Falcons offense in what became a 41-17, to wait for it, burning of Atlanta. Oh, boy. There Here it is the
1: Sherman reference.
3: There it is.
5: I can't help myself. Uh, who had that? Not I. Not the burning of Atlanta thing, but the defense looking that formidable, that in control uh, that for sixty minutes. One step ahead schematically, better physically, and uh, a sixty-minute effort from the defense.
1: I think it's clear that it starts with the uh the, the guys forward. up front, yeah and, and if you can get pressure on the quarterback, it makes a huge, huge difference, but having Cam Hayward making a difference, you know uh th- that that really helps those guys out back there
5: without question, we had heard from Keith Butler when he said last Thursday, we played it on the show Friday morning that he thought they had matchups they could exploit up front, and their four up front should dominate pressure wise and they did, and they stopped the run and they got after Ryan six sacks. And they never picked him off, but uh, the strip sack uh, by T.J. Watt at the end of the game and then the fumble recovery in the end zone, kind of an exclamation point on a defensive performance that, well, I'm I'm not sure how many people saw it coming. Uh, Mike Hilton, the Steelers' nickel corner, didn't think many people saw it coming, but uh, he thought that uh, the Steelers' defense revealed itself finally in that destruction of the Falcons. I mean, this is us, man. This is a big turning point for us. Uh, I know a lot of people are probably expecting shoot shootout for us to come out here and uh, dominate the way we did defensively. You know, that's a big step for us. You think he watches This Is Us? You think he knows there's a series that is about Pittsburgh and has a lot of no. Steelers references? No no, no, no. This Is Us. That was my favorite. I think he
3: made that comment completely unironically.
5: That was my favorite soundbite of the day. <laughs> this Is Us. Sean yeah. uh, Davis thinks that's who the Steelers' defense is as well. And he thinks if they can do it to Atlanta, they can do it to just about anybody.
3: Oh, for sure, man. I I pick us over anybody, man. As long as we're good on the same page, we're playing well,
5: um, I'm down to play anybody. Joe Hayden thinks that uh, that's what the Steelers are capable of. He thought uh, that they knew that's what they were capable of, but he also understood they had to actually
6: do it in a game. This is a great one. We, we know what we have, but at the end of the day, you have to put it on tape. You have to put it on film. Um, Sundays are the days that we can show, what you, we've been working on all week. So this was a, right, a step in the right direction. Uh, I think we're really excited about it. We just want to build on it and just continue to play like this.
5: Now, Hayden, uh, front and center in that defensive effort. Uh, Julio Jones, uh, the Falcons all-world freakish receiver, came in without a touchdown yet this year, but leading the NFL in receiving yards. And Joe Hayden got the assignment of following Jones left side or right side. He didn't line up against Jones when Jones was in the slot. So it wasn't a you know 100%, 100%, yeah. 100% thing. But the majority of the time, it was uh, Joe Hayden against Julio Jones and what do you got? And I don't know how much of this was uh, on television, but I was paying close attention. He just got in his face and got his hands on him and probably interfered with him and should have got some penalties, but Hayden didn't care. He was going to be aggressive, and he was going to out-physical, a freakishly physical guy, and look what happened. A really aggressive effort defensively for these guys yesterday. Almost as if they said enough's enough. Long day at the office for the
3: right tackle.
5: Dear Lord, TJ was in the backfield all day. Yeah, and They they got to Ryan. I mentioned six sacks. Uh, Three of them were on blitzes. Three of them were just Uh, four man pressures or fewer and they got there anyway and on most of those sacks there were two or three Steelers that could have got the sack if the guy who got the sack didn't get the sack that's how overwhelming (laughs) that pressure was Uh,
1: I think that it was undeniably the best Sunday so far for the Steelers coaching staff They really had these guys prepped well. They had a good game plan. Schemax, they weren't out-coached at any point in time. Keith Butler dialed up the uh, the blitzes when they needed to be called without being overly aggressive, you know, because
5: they were talking about... Right. No, it was kind of... They got to them normal, and they got to them when they decided they were going to get to them.
1: Yeah, it was a lot more effective, I think, when he did send those guys. Uh, You know, I was one of the guys last week saying, just send the house all the time the defense is terrible just getting Matty ice's face well they were able to do that without having to send everybody and they could drop guys back in coverage it
5: made a huge difference yeah and and offensively conversely they finally got off to a good start Uh, the first drive wasn't a three and out or a waste of time uh the running game One more debate about james Conner is he number one back can we put that to rest guy's a number one back
1: well, the guy sitting he, next to me said that we would have been winning by, uh, you know,
5: twice as much if we had Le'Veon Bell yeah. yesterday. Well, he's not Le'Veon Bell, but he's fine. I've been saying this all along. The reason they don't win the Super Bowl, if it comes to that, is not going to be because because James Conner's the running back instead of Le'Veon Bell.
1: I liked the balance between him and Ridley yesterday, though. I'd like yeah. to see that happen. Well,
5: you know, and it's funny what happens when you start making some third downs. Then you can get to stuff when you're a little more committed to the running game, which. Uh, the offensive coordinator, Randy Feigner, had admitted he had not gotten Connor heated up. Some of that was on him. And it's nice when you can play from a le- with a lead for a change. That's probably the biggest thing about the slow starts. Yep. A lot of people were talking about the starts. And I was talking about the finishes because, you know, they had, they had fallen in big holes and then rallied to tie and still hadn't won. But it does give you the whole playbook and lets you kind of dictate. And you can do what you want. And they did it. And, uh... What a day. Uh, the Steelers were so good that Cam Hayward was boring, you know, and his uh, capacity as captain. Cam is great when they lose. And uh, he always tries to maintain perspective and even keel when they win.
6: It's one game. We build on it. Uh, we'll analyze it tonight and tomorrow. But, uh, you know, we just got to build on it. You know, we got one. Now let's go to two. Um, I know we play Cincinnati next week. Uh, we look forward to the
7: challenge.
5: Cincinnati this coming Sunday. That's a real big game. In Cincinnati, the Bengals came storming back from seventeen down to beat Miami. They're four and one atop the AFC North. Baltimore loses in overtime at Cleveland to fall to three and two. The Brownies are two two and one and the Steelers are two two and one. So there's the division right there. <laughs> like an accordion, it's constricting. And the Steelers have the Bengals in Cincy, the Browns here after the bye, and then at the Ravens. <sighs> So the next month is just oh, 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 oh. phenomenal. And it will be revealing. The Bengals are for real, too. They're, they're not just off to a hot – they're you know, not they, fluky. Right, I haven't watched
3: the Miami game yet. I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna I think some. they're for real. This I year. thought Miami was going to
1: hand them an L. I thought it was 17-3 late in the game. I didn't realize it was uh, not that late in the game. And the, they put up 27 unanswered on them, I guess, or 24 unanswered on them, I guess.
5: I did not have a high opinion of the Bengals coming into the season, but 4-1 and one is 4-1. and one. Mm-hmm. They got some serious playmakers on offense. Don't they kind of have to beat the Steelers? Yes. To prove something, if not to themselves, then to everybody else?
1: Everybody does,
5: Mike. Particularly in Cincinnati.
1: Everybody does.
5: Oh, it's... The Escaloosa looming. I know it hasn't been going in that down direction as often this year, but it's looming. Oh. What a matchup. No no rest for the weary here, Mike. This is what it should be, right? And, uh... This, these next four four games, three games, I'm sorry. Um, then you'll be about halfway through and uh, you see where you are. We will see where we are. Sunday, a one o'clock game. Or, in, as I, as we say around here,
1: where you're where at. Where you are at. Yeah.
5: Sorry, I messed that
1: up. Yeah, you got to end on that preposition. Where you're at. I
5: like where we're at. I like was, where we're at right now. You know where I did not see that defensive us. performance coming. Neither in, did I. I picked 34 28 on the pregame just because that was the score of the Super Bowl a couple years ago. That Atlanta blew the game in New England. I thought it was going to be more like along the lines of 44 38. Yeah.
3: Me too. I think everybody did.
5: Did not see that defensive performance coming. Is that who they are? I don't know. That's why I
1: thought they deserved that moment when they took the picture in the end zone. You know, normally I hate that stuff. And my first instinct was like, ah, don't. you well, know the what? Colts did it down by two touchdowns, that, didn't they? That's yeah. why I reacted that way because, you know,
5: this I just the NFL guys celebrate a lot. Yeah, you got you can't get upset about that stuff. And they
1: deserved it. They had an awesome day. Yeah, that a huge was, uh,
5: day. What an exclamation point for those guys. Yeah, and
1: yeah. they uh they worked hard to get to that, so uh, I hope, you know, they can enjoy the next 24 hours before they really get down to business. So have a good day today, D,
5: and then start getting ready for the clown show. I'm not sure what to uh what the talking points of the narratives going to be this week because there's really nothing to bitch about. Uh, the kicker. Yeah, missed another extra point.
1: Third one, I mean.
5: Boy, there are a lot of those missed around the league, too. Ever since they moved it. That was a good thing. I think it's they screwed worse up. Or, don't you think? Well, I yeah. I don't have yeah. any numbers in front of me, but I'm just watching of The eye test. Yeah, people are the doinking them all, them all right over the and league. league. Well, yeah. They're not gimmies. <laughs> right and left because yeah. it's not down the middle. Yeah.
1: <laughs> they're, not, they're not gimmies. Um, That's how you miss, right or left. But the kickoff, I mean, they are so clearly, they have identified what point in the game is the most, uh, or has the most potential for concussion, uh, you know, people suffering concussions on a play. So they have identified that as, here's how we're going to get sued the most in the, in the future, so let's remove it. Because when you watch kickoffs, you know, my buddy and I at the game yesterday, just watching the, uh, the kickoff kick team, they don't even touch anybody nobody touches each other they just run down the field now and it's it's over it's you know
5: yeah, i'm surprised eight saw, times out of ten it's a touchback and and there are a lot of uh returns that are not getting past the 25 i thought there would be more kind of gimmick kicks nobody's doing that um i thought you know how they could do it i was thinking about it yesterday mike
1: if touchbacks went to the 30 instead so you're giving them a 30 yard window to try and improve on instead of a 20 yard window
5: yeah, it just it didn't work out the way I, I thought it would. They're, they're either blasting it through or uh, they're getting down there. I thought without that running start, that would be a big I, factor on the coverage. Yeah, I and mean, Guys get to 0-60 to 60 fast enough, I guess. They're getting down there anyway.
1: Yeah, dudes are fast. What a game yesterday. Pittsburgh Steelers with a big W. 41-17. Blowout at home over the Falcons. And it's weird to call it a blowout because I still felt like they were in the game in the fourth quarter.
5: Uh, you know, it's a pretty combustible offense and Hey, what the Steelers offense did should have been done that Atlanta was already down three starters, and then Grady Jarrett, their best defensive tackle did not play because of a knee injury he wasn 't active so you you had your choice do you want to run or throw on these guys and they did both and you know next man up is great, you lose four quality starters you're cooked you're not right. repli- you're not replacing that
3: that's the only that's the only thing that I tempered my yeah excitement with yesterday knowing that that defense is awful
5: but offensively the last couple of games even though Atlanta lost them both they had scored 37 and 36 points they yards all over the place Ryan had eight touchdowns and no interceptions those receivers were running all over uh on everybody and they got uh, the running back uh Devonta Freeman back yesterday
1: I thought that was going to make a bigger difference and it didn't so did at all I they did very little he
3: Pretty good tackling in the open field, I thought, yesterday for the defense as well.
5: Edmonds on Freeman, one particular yeah, third that down. Was a, that couple, was a big tackle. A couple of penalties, which Mike Tomlin was uh, stewing about afterward. Man, he some was... Some of the players were scratching their heads.
3: He's going to get fined. The yeah, T.J. Watt one was,
5: I thought, egregious. Well, I thought the Bostic one, too. Him. Didn't Bostic like, slip when he was getting up after a sack and he just kind of fell on him? It, it it wasn't an egregious thing. It just happened. I mean, that can't be a penalty 10 seconds after the play's over, right?
1: Oh, it feels so good to have a Steelers W, but it don't get any easier. This Sunday, the Steelers and the Bengals, a 1 o'clock start in Cincinnati. The pregame, 9 a.m. here on DVE. Your Bud Light game day bar of the week, the pub at Tonydale. That's in Oakdale. $3.16 ounce bud light drafts during all Steeler games, the pub at Tonydale in Oakdale. Oh, I've been there. The pop. That's a nice establishment. There you go. That's your Bud Light Game Day Bar of the Week. Val's got news top of the hour.
0: We're going to talk about the 10 little things that stress us out every day.
1: Tim Benz, Jerry Dulac, Stan Saver with our Power Hour Steeler talking. Oh, these will be fun today. Steelers. Randy Bauman and the DV Morning Show. Bill Crawford, Val Porter, Mike Pursuta yesterday in uh, uh, down in Heinz on the North Shore there. There was, I don't know, 100,000 people there.
3: It was hot.
1: <laughs> there were so many people who so were there just for the party. It was humid. packed. By the way, 64
5: and change. Not bad, about what I thought.
0: What is a sellout there?
5: 68.
0: Wow.
3: About what I thought it was going to be. I
5: thought it was a little more than I thought.
3: I using? was sweating gumballs just hosting the, uh, the tailgate, so I can't imagine what it was like in that, in that stadium. I says
5: the town that was really ready to bail.
3: Oh, yeah. I oh, talked to a lot of people who said no that,
1: that was their last chance. They were giving them one more chance. That no, yesterday-
3: everybody's back in. Oh,
1: yeah. Now everyone in. Full. Just
3: when I think I'm out, <laughs> they
1: pull me back in. Well, with the temperatures being what they were yesterday, I couldn't can- have been comfortable on that one side. Oh, the sun. The sun side. I mean, it is so. It's on, on that east side there. It is just brutal.
3: Hopefully, everybody had their SPF 50 out.
1: Oh, man. It had to be hot a over there. A lot of there. burnt
3: kneecaps.
1: However, I always bitch about that. After halftime, nobody gets back to their seats. And that, that side, because I sit on the other side, that side was
5: empty, mostly empty, and the game was going on. Yeah. I was a little uncomfortable. There was a lot of people in the press box. I thought the air conditioning could have been turned down a See, little this bit. this is what he says. Mm-hmm. But I
1: can tell you this, that with the uh, temperatures being what they were yesterday, Bill, a lot, lot of ladies showing up with very inventive Ooh, yes. beat, beat the heat unis some terrible <laughs> tube tops. Some, some some terrible tube tops indeed <laughs> it was a fine day for them Pittsburgh hot chicks look at that chick right there the one who's stumbling man you think she's drunk or is it just cause she's wearing high heels that are way too high and inappropriate since we're at a Steelers game still man there's something about her man I don't know what it is The French nails from Hollywood nails The jean skirt, she bought it forever, 21 on sale The Heinz Ward jersey, she's got tied up in a knot She's Pittsburgh hot Too much makeup on a kind of pretty face I want a girl that is Pittsburgh hot Orange skin from Fake Fake, 8 or 9 pounds overweight I want a girl that is Pittsburgh hot Pittsburgh Pittsburgh hot Oh, I seen her at a penguin game once, man She had this slutty Cut-up Malkin jersey on It's a hot look, man She had to hem off the M in the end So it read Alky on the back That's like funny hot I know she almost looks Latino She's so orange, cool Still kinda hot, though Wardrobe from Wetsil and Dick's Lady section Pittsburgh. I want a girl that is Pittsburgh hot Pittsburgh. Tattoo, eyeliner, give her color Protection. I want a girl that is Pittsburgh hot Pittsburgh Pittsburgh hot <laughs> Terrible towels sewn into a skirt Pittsburgh, hot. I want a girl that is Pittsburgh hot Pittsburgh, She makes hot. a dress out of an oversized Pittsburgh, shirt hot. I want a girl that is Pittsburgh hot. Pittsburgh hot Flat iron hair and a halter top Pittsburgh, hot. Spread out you meatheads, give me a shot Throwing a bigger in the pot.
4: It's Pittsburgh hot Pittsburgh 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 hot from the 5 to 9 passion
1: Steelers with a huge win at home yesterday over the Falcons. More to come on that. Tim Benz, Jerry Dulac, Stan and Mike Pursuita with post-game reaction from the locker room. Ben rebounds from a pretty uh, not-so-great first half. No, he didn't. You connect with A.B. Yeah, no, he, didn't. Fine. You, you
4: and he had a little bit of
1: contention over whether or not fine. his first half was... What uh, did you
3: see?
4: I didn't see
1: anything. No, it was all up, Mike. I saw 100 yards, a couple there were, touchdowns. There were no downs. Well, I mean, I... I, I I actually i am surprised he didn't own up to not having a great half. It was that obvious in the first half. I mean, it ended with him throwing a pretty bre- bad pick, but he defended that.
5: So he was taking a shot. Wanted to give his guy a chance to make a play. Yeah.
1: Well, uh, he made plenty of plays in the second
5: half. The yes, two of them connecting. James Conner, Antonio Brown. Well, that uh, deep ball touchdown was perfectly placed. <sighs> Perfect Brown, throw. Brown beat the corner off the line of scrimmage, off the press coverage. Uh, it was single high. The safety wasn't going to get there in time. He almost did. It was really That play was really exciting. Like in the stadium,
1: that just, it was electric. You saw it unfold and everyone knew he had him. You're like, you got him. Everyone's yelling, you got him, you got him, you got him. And they had not connected on that all year long. And then to see it happen like that. Oh, that was majestic. I mean, it was, it was breathtaking at the time. I can tell you from a Steelers fan who was completely frustrated with how the season's gone. That was just like, oh my God. That was
3: like Jonas Salk giving you a shot. That was an up. (laughs) No doubt. That was an up. So was the out that he threw to A.B. on the other side of the field. Oh, that was a crazy. I mean, you don't think Ben thought he had an uneven day? Look at the emotion he showed after that touchdown.
1: All right. Well, more to come. Val's got news after the break.
0: (laughs) We're going to talk about the little things every day that stress us all out.
3: I don't necessarily want to see your baby. Unless it's in person. Then i like to see your baby. Baby smells. I don't want to hear the cappuccino machine start. You ever hear that when you're around a baby? No. <laughs> that's it. Like what, what the hell's that? That's them pooping. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's the so The cappuccino machine. That's the crappuccino. <laughs> oh,
0: my.
3: <laughs> I'm like, what What was that?
1: Does she call out whose name is supposed <laughs> to change?
4: Linda
3: (laughs) Linda Your diaper's ready Your diaper's ready (sighs) Write it on the side of the diaper Here you go Linda Spelled your name wrong Randy Bellman and the
2: DVE Morning Show
1: Well the Steelers kept from Filling their diaper again yesterday They're big boys now Bill with the big boy
4: pants on. James Conner with a big boy afternoon. Conner gets the call. Up over the pile. And he does get in for the Steelers' touchdown. James Conner, his fourth of the season. Oh, yeah. James Conner had a
1: huge day yesterday. In huge. the second half, Ben and A.B. really get connected. And the defense, led by T.J. Watt, comes up big. Big. Yesterday, they shut down the Falcons 41-17 to yesterday. Special teams came up big despite another missed extra point from Boswell. It's just getting weird at this point. It's, just, it's really weird. He's slowly working it out.
3: Slowly, slowly.
1: He's getting it figured out. He's got his field goals figured out. Now
3: yeah. The it's like, what's going on here?
1: So a great day at Heinz Field yesterday. A beautiful afternoon. A Steelers win. A lot to like about where they are right now, headed to Cincinnati this week. Cincinnati 4-1, and one, though, leading the division. Steelers tied with the Browns. Uh, half game separating them and uh, uh, the Ravens.
0: Who's still on that team? Is Pac-Man Jones still on the team? And Vontez Perfect? Vontez
3: came back yeah. from uh, suspension. Yeah, he was suspended for the first few games of the year. But they have
1: uh, Mixon and oh, yeah. Joe A.J. Green. A.J. Green uh Tyler Eifert went out with a concussion last week. no he bro- no not a concussion broke his
3: foot all the way off yeah
1: that was it yeah was oh
0: it. yeah i saw that
1: yeah. <laughs> he had the mullet going which usually would would ward off any injury like that but uh the Kentucky waterfalls power <laughs> was uh rendered useless there as he is now out so that that's one
3: place where they're hurting but I don't know if Pac-Man Jones is still on the team. I, don't I think not know the he answer is. To that either. The last video I saw of him was him fighting somebody in an airport. <laughs> That's usually where you see him on TMZ. He, he was fighting yeah. an airport employee. I've seen him
1: more and on actually, TMZ he than ESPN. And actually, he was kind of in the right. I, I was on Pac-Man's side in that instance, yeah. The rare, I'm on Pac-Man's side moment
0: i almost saw a fight at four thirty in the morning at LaGuardia yesterday oh
1: that's awesome were you in the in uh united uh america american oh what happened
0: it was there was a huge security line and you couldn't see like it went down a Always. hallway and then turned to the security gates oh so there was there were two security not security guys they were airport workers i don't know what they did but One guy is telling people, stay in this lane, go in this lane, stay in this lane, go in this lane. So by the time I got up to where you turn the corner, Mm -hmm. there's some woman screaming at (laughs) the guy there. He's like, this guy back here is telling everybody to come up here. He's like, I don't care. Get back in this line. He's like, I want to talk to your boss. Just, She's she, like, this is 4.30 in the morning.
1: New York, New York. It didn't used to be like, that bad, wow. but in the last six, seven years, New York, traveling to New York has become like flying there sucks. You might as well drive.
0: Yeah, it was very aggressive and everybody was kind of just wide-eyed like, what is happening here? This is way too early for this. I'll
3: tell you what makes all the difference though. Like when we did that USO tour, the USO flies us all business class. Having the access to those business lounges, uh, yeah, well, it's like you're not even in the regular airport. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Yeah. Fancy. You're not in Gen Pop. Like, you get to go, and there's, like, showers and free beers, and it's like well, what, a whole different experience.
1: Well, uh... uh fr- no fights, no in fights in the business lounge. No fights, no fights uh, in the stands yesterday. I didn't see any fights in the oh, stands. Oh, that's good. The happy Steeler fans yesterday on a beautiful Sunday afternoon in Hinesfield. More on that coming up for you. Val's got news right now. Valerie.
0: Here is the Channel Eleven Severe Weather Center forecast brought to us by Dormont Appliance. Looks like Pac-Man Jones is not on the team. Oh, okay. Uh it's sixty-seven degrees now at DVE. The news is brought to us by Xfinity from Comcast. Today marks Columbus Day. It's a national holiday celebrating the Italian explorer who sailed the ocean blue more than 500 years ago. In observance, many federal offices, banks, and post offices will be closed today. The holiday does come with controversy in Hawaii. The second Monday in October is known as Discoverer's Day. Similarly, several towns celebrate Indigenous Peoples Day instead to honor the Native Americans killed during European colonialism. Cities replacing Columbus Day include Denver, Seattle, Phoenix, Portland, and Albuquerque, and the entire states of South Dakota and Alaska. And if you have Canadian friends today, wish them happy Thanksgiving.
3: Today's their this, Thanksgiving? This is a
0: Canadian Thanksgiving day. It's similar to ours. They have turkey? I guess.
3: Just a bunch of poutine.
0: <laughs> turkey poutine? <laughs> so happy That's weird. to all our Canadian friends.
1: Yeah, it feels weird, like most things Canadians do. It's just a little off.
0: Uh, doctors not loving their jobs. A new survey found 70% of physicians would not recommend their profession to their kids or other family members. While they enjoy treating patients and helping people, it's the whole business side that they can't stand. Uh, many of them say they'll be retiring in the next five years to get away from that part of the job. If you've got a huge decision to make, a life altering decision, mm-hmm. go to bed new study out of england found that sleeping on it before you make a big decision actually does work researchers found that when people take 90 minute naps it actually helped their brains get organized and clearer which helps you make a smarter choice
1: you know what else it's good for uh forgetting that you had to make a decision in the first place you're all gonna sleep on it and then you just never make a decision you wake up the next day and forget about it which is almost as good
3: isn't there science behind that though like your brain working out problems when you sleep Mm -hmm. Like you can load up your brain with a problem and then sleep. And then when you wake up, the answer's... Yeah. Ding! It's ready. That's what they say.
0: Turkish police officers are taking turns standing outside a hospital bathroom waiting for a diamond ring to come out one man's exit door. (laughs) Uh, The 54-year-old named Ian Campbell of Ireland was visiting the Turkish resort town of Marmaris when he stopped into a jewelry store to look at diamond rings. One of the rings he really liked later went missing. The store owner called police, alleging this guy had swallowed it. So police took Campbell into custody, then to a nearby hospital, where an x-ray did confirm the accusation.
1: This diamond ring doesn't shine for me anymore.
0: It does not shine, definitely. Every kiss
3: begins with... <laughs>
0: <laughs> they hope the forty-five thousand-dollar ring will pass through him naturally. If it doesn't come out soon, doctors will be called in to remove it from his abdomen surgically. Once he's out of the hospital, he'll be uh, taken to court for trial.
1: I wouldn't want to put a diamond in my intestines. No, don't they it's cut like the
0: hardest substance? Right,
1: right. I mean, that can't some vibranium. That is not. Uh kind of your bucky i would imagine
0: <laughs> i don't think or anything else Mm-mm. going through no well there's an endless list of things that stress us out what are those little things every day that stress us out those things that really irritate us uh, a rude waiter is on the list or if you're a waiter a rude customer yeah uh being on hold with customer service annoying co-workers misplacing your phone <laughs> being late, traffic, this is stuff that happens every day, misplacing your wallet, screaming kids, slow internet, and when your computer freezes up.
1: Yeah, those last two are kind of pale in comparison to the frequency of the other ones.
3: Screaming kids is really tough. All my, like, my whole central nervous system shuts down when kids (laughs) start screaming. I I can't think. You guys get used to it. Parents get
1: used to kids screaming and it becomes kind of background noise. And I can never get it. To me, that is like the first sign of, oh, I'm not fit for this. Because I I hear it and I'm like, oh, boy.
3: I don't, I'm not used to it. It still goes to a, right to a nerve in my brain. Yeah. And it starts to pick away at madness.
0: I can't relax around kids because even though I don't have any kids, I still feel like I have to watch them. Right. I don't know why. I just feel this need to take care of all the kids who are around.
3: <laughs> Never go to the wave pool <laughs> valve. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just a nervous wreck. Careful.
0: Careful. Yeah. Careful. Oh my God. Don't do that. Do you have water wings? That. Careful. Can he swim? It's so weird.
1: Where's your mom and dad? Well, the other thing that's difficult is you can't discern between what is just a kid screaming for effect and having fun and, oh my God, my knee has just fallen
0: out. Right.
3: Yes. That's the problem. They oh, ha, I just cut no, my foot off. You they know? don't have a lot of range in their <laughs> screams. Not a lot of versatility. What is that? Are you dead? Uh-uh. No, <laughs> no she took my lollipop. Okay.
1: Oh, I have well. great admiration is, for, for parents who deal with that.
0: You know, you shattering sh- to a child.
1: The lollipop stealing? Yes. Oh, absolutely.
0: That is That for them is an emergency. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers are set to release their first ever career-spanning hits collection, the 38-track, two-disc The Best of Everything. It covers Petty songs with the Heartbreakers, solo hits and work with his early band Mudcrutch. The set includes the biggies like American Girl, Free Fallin', uh, Don't Do Me Like That and The Waiting, plus two unreleased tracks for real and an alternate version of the collection's title track The Best of Everything will be available on November 16th. The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame will announce the nominees for the class of 2019 tomorrow at 8 a.m. At the same time, fan voting officially gets underway. The names of those elected for induction will be announced in December. Among the list of eligible artists are Foreigner, Bad Company, Judas Priest, Todd Rundgren, Rundgren, Doobie Brothers, (laughs) Def Leppard, Pat Benatar, and Styx laughing because I screwed that up.
1: Yeah, just It's a tough one to say. Run, Once you grin, get in run. the, Rungren. Yeah, you get to spit it out and try you know, start a, a new. Rungren.
0: And Jimmy Page will be discussing the new Led Zeppelin by Led Zeppelin book with CBS News course. It's all course pictures
1: it. of the vantage point from my sitting room. <laughs> where Charlie. Robbie Williams is weed whacking day and night.
0: Uh, they'll be at the National Portrait Gallery in Washington, D.C. on this morning's CBS This Morning. Fog this morning, sunny later, mid-80s for the high at 67 A DBE.
1: So the Steelers with a big win yesterday, but a big event on Friday night, the Steelers' fashion show. Oh, yeah. So much fashion. That's right. Fashion. Bill Crawford. Was a part of the Steelers fashion show this this past weekend, yeah,
3: dude. Oh yeah, how'd that go? It was awesome. They yeah. teamed me up with Missy Matthews, and uh, I cramped her style just a bit. She's so good at what she does. And then they put me in this goofy jacket.
0: Did you announce that like when they came out? Here's Cam Hayward and his no, family. No, no.
3: Like as they came in, they had us on the red carpet outside. So as the the people filtered in. You know, players would show up, and we would kind of pull them to the side and ask
0: them a couple questions.
3: Yeah, and it was funny because I was—they uh, put me in this jacket that looks like I—I I was dressed like I look like I should be on late-night television, giving out only Steelers-based financial advice <laughs> 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 by bobbleheads. <laughs> 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 and uh, and I was watching people see me. And not know me, but think that I was wearing the jacket unironically. And it was like upsetting them. Yes. They were like, who is this jag off? <laughs> what does he think he's doing?
1: So you were getting lit up online for wearing a coat that you had to wear. Not yeah. a coat that you would, would have chosen to wear.
3: Yes, I started to feel like the only reason they contact me for this event is because they know I'll wear the jacket. It is a someone commented online it is like the david s pumpkin steelers no jacket
0: you're looking good bill
3: no doubt i just saw the picture i i presented the swag award and i came out and i said all right guys it's time to announce the winner of the swag award and i know what you're thinking why is a guy who's dressed like he should be the floor manager at a steelers themed bridal (laughs) shop giving out the swag (laughs) award and there's a very simple answer to that question Pomp had to go to the bathroom. <laughs> He's human, guys, just like you and me. But he had to go number two, so we're gonna have to stretch oh, this. Did segment. you say
1: number two with it? <laughs>
3: <laughs> I made Greta Rooney do the <laughs> oh no. Ix-nay on what the what did ooblet, he say? May. No, Greta is wonderful, and um, she's so sweet, and she works so hard on that. She has a, a the the amount of people she has working for that event is yeah. crazy. The whole outside of Stage A.E., the entire outside area is all tented off. It's a really it's a really cool night, and all the players show up. Yeah. Because it's an event chaired by Greta Rooney. Right, so. So you better show you better up. Better show up. And, uh, and Kia Tomlin was also a co-chair of it, and she has her own fashion line. So Coach T was there and judging the Swag Awards, and it was funny because Artie Burns... Won the uh, the Swag Award, and I thought Joe Hayden was robbed, actually. But I was like, all right, are they uh, are they pumping Artie's tires here? Giving them a little <laughs> extra confidence going into Sunday? He was, I mean, he's, you know, they, they, these guys all are dressed very well. Right. With the exception of a few players where you're like, all right, your wife dressed you. We, we know that. It's, <laughs> what,
1: it's clear. I mean, I can't imagine what AB showed up wearing.
3: I... It was all Gucci, just a, f- a complete Gucci suit. The kids are in Gucci. His, you know, his baby mama was in Gucci, and it's hilarious because at one point, like Ben was getting ready with Ashley and the kids, and he's in the back, and it's such a there, there, there's so much chaos going on backstage. They're like, all right, where's Ben? We have to, we have to get Ben out there. They're like, Ben's tying his shoes. Send a model, and then they send this model, and she goes out and works the <laughs> runway, and she comes back, and they're like, he's still he's still tying his shoes. Send <laughs> her out! again. Oh my gosh! And they sent this poor girl like four times.
1: Are you serious? Yeah. How bad of a shoe situation <laughs> like, did Ben, have? ben what are get
0: you him wearing? some loafers? How hairs? many shoes did he put on? Good Lord. Was he tying the whole family shoes? I think shoes? he was
3: tying the whole family shoes. Oh, together? And it's very difficult. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So then they all fell backstage. Yeah, they, they all fell down. <laughs> oh, I shouldn't have tied these together. Bad move. What am I doing? But uh, but it was a just a, a really you fun You didn't get to walk cool the runway? Night. I did not run. I, no, I didn't walk the runway. You were not
1: runway. a model no. at
3: any point in time? no. No, ah, oh, dude. I, I and I said, you know, Missy said, "Wow, Bill, you are dressed to impress." When we did our our one hit from the uh, the red carpet, and I said, "Thanks, Missy." You know, I wanted to wear something timeless, something that doesn't scream, "Look at me," you know, something <laughs> that I definitely wouldn't totally regret years from now. And when I couldn't find anything like that, I put this jacket on. <laughs> the jacket
1: is awesome. Do we have it on the website? Yeah, make sure there's a picture of Bill and with uh, Missy on uh, dv.com so I deep, threw the deep, jacket deep into see. the
3: crowd at the end and I and I said to Greta Greta I love you so much if you want me to do this next year I'm happy to do it but let's move on from the jacket
0: now No, the jacket oh, is tradition perfect of that event No, it
3: is not tradition. I tradition, mean, you now. A tradition you wouldn't
0: wear it to a wedding or a funeral, but that's the Steelers fashion show.
3: I that's probably could wear that to a funeral in Pittsburgh. The Steelers
0: you probably be buried in it. You know? <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs>
1: that's true. The Steelers' D comes up big <laughs> yesterday. At the end of the game, they put an exclamation on uh, the uh, the victory. And also for the gamblers out there, L.J. Fort and T.J. Watt help you hit the over. Ice in the gun.
4: He's back. He's going to be hit and sacked. Balls out. When the ball is out. The Steelers knock it into the end zone. They dive on into the end LJ zone. L.J. Fort, and that's a touchdown. L-
1: Big hey. turnaround for the Steelers' defense yesterday. T.J. Watt, Cam Hayward, big games. Dude. Defensive line had a big day, and that really helped things trickle down. Joe Hayden all over Julio Jones. A lot to talk about, a lot to like about the Steelers' win over the Falcons yesterday. Mike Pursuta comes in next. Post-game reaction from the locker room. Uh, everything that you wanted to improve, except for maybe like the Boswell situation, Yesterday, you saw stark improvements. No doubt. Ben and A.B., it happened in-game. They had a not-great first half. Second half, lights out. They had Ethernet yesterday. (laughs) Mike Pursuta, sports next. The Steelers with a huge win over the Falcons yesterday. D.V.E. Sports. Oh, what a W for your Pittsburgh Steelers yesterday. A huge win over the Falcons. Mike, the best part about it was that every area of concern yesterday seemed to turn around, save for Boswell missing that extra point. They really seemed, even the punting game, Barry,
5: you know, uh, uh, drilled one. So you sleeping at night again now, even with Jordan Barry? I know that's been a concern. I'm not sleeping with Jordan. It was bear.
1: one of, yeah, I don't like giving, you know, free field position to teams. I don't there. like that. But TJ Watt in the defense, awesome yesterday. The secondary didn't look, you know, terrible against Matt Ryan, for crying out loud. Kind of looked like they knew what they were doing, didn't little they? A little bit. And I think a lot of it, Joe Hayden shutting down Julio Jones, yeah, had a lot to do with that. that. was critical. But Cam Hayward and the down lineman having a big game, getting a rush on Matty Ice made all the all difference. All day. Made all the difference.
5: Sports is brought to you by Blackish on My22. There were some significant revelations yesterday in that Steelers 41-17 to win over the Atlanta Falcons and Matt Ryan and a great offense. Terrible defense, but a great offense. So the 17 allowed is significant. Um, in terms of those revelations, uh, I just foreshadowed. Number one, Steelers apparently are not completely incapable on defense. They can play defense when they practice well and have a plan and execute. Number two, defensive coordinator Keith Butler, uh, he can tell his wife, take the daggum for sale side off the daggum front yard. <laughs> We're going to hang around another couple weeks. Randy Feekner put out a balanced offensive yeah. attack yesterday. Number three, James Conner can run the ball just fine. Yeah, He's not Le'Veon Bell, but he is not the reason... That it's all falling apart if it is in term if it is destined to all fall right. apart. Boy, he at was some great point. yesterday. And number four, and this might be the most significant globally, as Mike Tomlin might say, uh the league's got a problem with this transition in officiating. Mike Tomlin critical of the officiating yesterday. A you don't often hear him do that, and B, it's pretty rare you hear a coach that just won forty one to seventeen going ballistic mm-hmm. over the officials. But uh Here's what uh, Mike Tomlin had to say. He was asked about hands to the face penalties, and he said, uh, "Well, that those are understandable, but a lot of the other yellow
6: flags were not. Those look like legitimate calls. We got to be better there, but some of the other stuff, man, is a joke. We we got to get better as a National Football League. Man, these penalties are costing people games and jobs. Uh, we we got to get them correct. And um, so I'm pissed about it, to be quite honest with you. But that's all I'm gonna say on it."
5: I would assume he's Oof. talking about the roughing the passer on T.J. Watt and the roughing the passer on John Bostic, but that's just an assumption on my part. Bostic was the one where he went low. Well, the right. Watt went no, low, Watt went but he was low, trying to get out of the way. Was... I think he hit Ryan's knee with his arm, incidental contact. That was kinda. ridiculous. And Bostic, he shared a sack with Cam Hayward, and then it looked to me as if, as Bostic was getting up, he just kind of fell, and he he fell on matt ryan so they threw the flag eight seconds after the play was over what did mike tomlin say that would be
6: finable he said we got to get it right the so only it, thing so if it's, it's
5: a joke
7: Didn't um, they,
6: let's hear it again those look like legitimate calls we got to be better there but some of the other stuff man is a joke we we got to okay. get better there, there's your finable
5: i don't think the nfl wants to hear its coaches saying it's refereeing is a joke
6: Well, I
1: think he spoke for a lot of coaches. He might have whatever fine. I think he spoke for a lot of players.
5: I think he spoke for a lot of fans. No doubt.
1: He might get a sponsor for that fine. Brought to you by Budweiser. (laughs) This league is a joke.
5: Brought to you by Jackie, the joke man, Martley. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Uh, On on the plus side, uh, you mentioned uh, Cam Hayward and those guys up front. That is really where it started. They were dominant, and uh, Mike Tomlin appreciated
6: that. I just thought our big people won. Um, Cam Hayward and company, obviously T.J. Watt had a huge day, but I just thought largely them guys won one-to-one-on-ones and, and, and that's what's required. And boy, when they do that, it, it,
5: in retrospect, you understand how much they hadn't been winning over the first four games, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, they just uh, – that was front front-to-back, top-to-bottom, defensive execution – Cam Hayward, uh, a big part of that, and uh, as is his habit, after wins, he's kind of low key. After losses, he's usually uh, raging against the machine and calling everybody out, including himself. Uh, He was willing to uh, acknowledge when pressed yesterday that uh, it was a pretty good day defensively. It's never as bad as it seems, it's never
6: as good as it seems. But we had a good day. Offense played well, started fast, we were able to respond. We didn't get off the field right away, but they didn't, we didn't surrender points. TJ played well. I thought the defensive line controlled the uh, line of scrimmage. Uh, we rallied to the ball. I really didn't feel like there were a lot of big plays on their side of the ball.
5: Okay, what you, thought, you talked a lot before the game about who thought you could get pressure before. You liked the matchups is how he played. Did you exploit that?
6: I, I think so. Um, I'm confident in my guys every week, but uh, you know we got the job done today. We were able to, uh, stay, to stay together. Um, we had a good week of practice. I know every week's different, but uh, I thought the level of detail really picked up this week. Uh,
1: How how much that had to do, honestly, with LJ Fort
5: yesterday in for Vince? He looked pretty good out there. Well, they shared it. They had uh, Tyler Maticiewicz in for the base defense, and then they had LJ Fort in when they were using six defensive backs. So they kind of split it. Uh, oh boy, I saw about it a little bit. But Ford probably I, I like... played a little more because they usually yeah. play sub-package uh, more than base. But uh, He didn't look yeah. out of sorts, that's for sure. No, he did not. And that, that first drive Hayward referenced, the Steelers went down and scored uh, after receiving the opening kickoff, which is a rarity this season. And then Atlanta got the ball and actually uh, pushed it to the Steelers' 33, had a third and one. And then uh, the Falcons tried a little wildcat with uh, Muhammad Sanu and got an illegal formation penalty. <laughs> And then the first sack of the of what became six sacks, L.J. Fort uh, dropping Ryan. Actually, Ryan dropping himself when he saw L.J. Fort come, and he just kind of gave up. But uh, that knocked the Falcons back to the Steelers' 45, and they ended up punting on that first possession. And the tone was kind of set. And that it, it was one of those games everybody felt like going in that, hey, possessions are precious. You can't waste any. The Steelers went down and scored. The Falcons needed to go down and and match it, and they didn't do it, and they got started on the wrong foot, and they never were able to get their footing thereafter.
1: They were frustrating at times yesterday because they were having trouble getting off the field on third down a couple of different times where they were primed for a big stop, third and longs, but by and large, a much better defensive effort. For the Steelers, on the other side of the ball, they were converting third downs yesterday, Mike.
5: Yeah, uh, 9 for 12, 75%. And boy, doesn't that make a difference oh. in terms of what you can get to. And a lot of them were third and ones, and they, they set themselves up by winning, not having negative plays, running the ball early, making it manageable. Atlanta was 6 for 14, 43% against that offense. That's really good. I, I really
1: think. like that third down call. They used it a couple times to sweep to Connor. The quick pitch. The pitch, yeah. Get them a little bit of momentum going forward there. instead Because they're set yeah. up like, look like they're my, you know. I'm like, oh, God, if, you're, if they're going to draw it right here, I'm, I'm going to scream.
5: Well, and they know those ends crash so hard up the field for Atlanta. The speed rushers, Vic Beasley and Tack McKinley. If you can get the ball out on the edge a little quicker. Right. You have a chance to get past them before they get up the field and cut it off. And uh, it worked. I thought Connor was great after contact. I thought he was outstanding He was all day. breaking he's,
3: tackles all over the field yesterday. He's been, you well,
5: know, they had a couple of games. He was very good against Cleveland, and then they had a couple of games where they didn't get to running the ball and he wasn't effective, and then they emphasized it yesterday. Ben Roethlisberger said that was in part because Grady Jarrett didn't play for Atlanta. He was uh, ruled out on uh, Friday with a knee injury that uh, they knew they could run the ball, and they did. James Conner, uh,
1: one thing early on, I noticed him wrapping the ball up big time on the end of the runs, uh, protecting the ball, and I, I was worried about that since week one. Younger guys in the NFL, that's something a lot of them have to learn. He did cough one oh, up yeah. that they caught a break on. Out Could have out really yeah. turned his afternoon around. So down in the red zone, Caught yeah. a little bit of a break there,
5: but otherwise, James Conner was great yesterday. Yeah, another guy that was great was Joe Hayden. Uh, he drew the assignment of shadowing. Julio Jones, who came in as the NFL's leading receiver. Hayden did not have Jones on every snap, but when Jones was in the game and was not lined up in the slot, if he was wide left or wide right, Hayden had him in uh, a shutout first half, and uh, Julio Jones ended up with five catches for 62 yards. His long game was 18. And that was mostly late in the game. Yes. yeah, And uh, it started with uh, press man and getting in his face, being physical, Aiden as physical on Julio Jones as the D line was
6: up front. Just trying to, yeah, get my hands on them, just trying to disrupt them. Uh, they do a lot of timing, and uh, the D line did such a great job of just getting them off the rhythm and off time. And so if I just disrupt that and try to throw it off, um, we, uh, the rush and coverage work together. Yeah, you know, one of the things that drives me
5: crazy about defensive football, I will never understand why guys do this. If you're going to get up and play press man, you have to get your hands on the guy in that five yard area. Artie Burns does this a lot. He'll get up there and play in a guy's face and then let him run right by. If you're just going to try to run with the guy, back off and give yourself a head start. If you're going to get up in his face, hit him. Disrupt Mm -hmm. the timing. Screw it up. Even if he gets by you, it might take him longer, and that might screw the play up that way. Particularly when you know you have some help. If they're in a press man cover, too, something along those lines. I don't get why they go up there and stand there and just watch him run by him. Uh, hey, Joe Hayden did not do that yesterday, and it worked. And uh, among the guys who really appreciated that was nickel corner Mike Hilton. Man, Joe can take one side of the field away for us, and you know it showed that today. Uh, we we trust him to go out there and take away number one receiver. He did that, and you know that that makes everybody's defense defense job a lot easier. And boy, welcome back, Mike Hilton. Yeah, right. What a what a critical element of that sub package football he has come either covering the slot guy or coming off the corner and disrupting the way he does Forcing early throws forcing, forcing
3: Matt Ryan to step up and then get sacked so he can of get that. sacked yep, yep.
5: Uh, it's just it, he's very good at it he knows how to time it and you know sneak in kind of hit the ground running and uh a much-needed win for the Steelers much like the uh, win in Tampa everybody can exhale now they're Five hundred at two, two and one, and they got a big one coming we, we up. We
1: might be able to win our NFC division. Yeah, big one coming up against this. the. boys uh, to win the NFC South. Congratulations sure. to Juju on the birth of his baby football. Yeah, that was different. <laughs>
5: Did he name it Juju <laughs> Junior?
1: <laughs> I love it. I don't care. I know. I know you're not a fan. I, it doesn't. Me.
5: It doesn't bother me anymore. It really doesn't. I it's, think
1: it's. They so didn't fun.
3: cut the umbilical cord. Oh, that is weird. So that baby's going to have
5: issues. <laughs> I'll say that. Did you see the Kansas City one? Uh, remind me. The Chiefs came up with an end zone interception uh, off a deflected ball. And they, five or six defensive backs, one guy threw it up over his head. The next guy in line caught it, threw it back. Next guy caught it, threw it back. They made sure everybody touched the ball. And
3: the last guy caught it and spiked it.
5: At least they didn't spike the baby.
3: No, there was no baby spiking that yesterday at Heinz Field bad look no, they call cys immediately
5: catch the thing cradle it yeah <laughs> big day for uh for the Steelers, though
3: oh no you spiked my baby they they could have
5: put that was up the hell of a catch by uh, juju smith schuster unbelievable way. Catch. that was a hell great a throw. throw yeah tight window oh. back of the end zone
1: i actually couldn't believe he threw it there i thought he had a better option on that play he had somebody else open from my vantage point
5: wasn't an up and down day with juju smith schuster it
1: was with it wasn't Antonio. Up and I know. Down no, with anyone, no, it wasn't, Mike. I know. No, it he, I, no, it was not Do you have that soundbite? Uh, I'll have it for you next hour. Okay. Big Ben taking uh, umbrage with Mike Pursuta for took suggesting. Some
3: that, I don't like your characterization, he had, Mike. He
1: had an up and down first half with AB. I mean, he clearly did. They, I don't know what you're talking about. He <laughs> was he was
3: a total Bob And I know you're talking about. <laughs> we had seven touchdowns yeah, in the first yeah, half.
1: Yeah. I taught a kid how to talk Chinese. Ben, no, you did. Well yeah,
3: done. Ben, no, you did not. When we come back. You
5: threw an interception in the end zone.
3: No, I didn't. No, I didn't. I don't know what you're talking about.
5: I like it. Just gaslight Steeler Nation. No, I get where he was coming from because that second half, I think, was much needed for those two guys. And then I had to go and bring them down and talk about what they didn't do in the first because that's what I do. Yeah, I'm the guy that asked about what didn't go right when seemingly everything went right all day.
1: Yeah, everybody is like sighing, uh, you know, relief. Hey, yeah, and
5: yeah. yeah, you're those. like, hey, hey, what about the punt that the- sucked? Talk,
3: talk about that pimple <laughs> on your
1: nose. <laughs> <laughs> we come back. <laughs> Top five plays of the game yesterday. Steelers win. Randy Bauman and the DVE Morning Show, Mike Pursuta and Bill Crawford, and I here for the five plays of the game. Top five plays of yesterday's Steelers W over the Falcons. Mike, at number five, Danny Smith can afford a whole bunch more gum. (laughs) Is that dad gum? Yeah. Just regular gum. That's Keith Butler's dad gum. (laughs) Got him a whole box of it. Rosie Nix comes up big time in the third quarter, a couple minutes left. A punt block that really helped to uh, start to solidify this win for the Steelers yesterday.
4: Oh, it is blocked. Partially blocked. Rosie Nix, and he got it. This The putter has it. He's going to be hit hard back at the 17th. It looked like he was going to launch it, but Matikevich got there and blocked it, and the Steelers end up with a ball going the other way.
3: That was Rosie Nix, but still. There's only one number off. Yeah.
1: we Rosie, were, you're all right. And we were talking about uh, whether or not you can advance it as the punting team or what happens there. There's some goofy rule in effect about the ball going over the line of scrimmage versus what happens behind the line of scrimmage. I'm going to have to revisit that, that rule. Because I wasn't sure that they put it where they
3: were supposed to there. But, that, but a huge series of plays for Knicks. Blocks a punt, and then he blocks for Connor to get right into the end zone. Leading Connor on right end. Man. James Connor on the
1: first possession... For the Steelers to open the game you know this was so big for them to set the tone and Randy Feekner said that he had not done a good enough job so far this year creating a nice balance in the offense and getting Connor going early Heating well him up is what he boy said. did he heat him up on that first drive a total of 72 yards combined offense for James Connor that culminated in a one-yard touchdown run your number four play of the game
4: Connor gets the call up over the pile and he does get in for the Steelers touchdown James Conner, his fourth of the season.
5: And 29 yards uh, receiving, 43 rushing on that drive. And the reception, 27 of the 29 yards were after the catch. He's uh, Yak much better than it had been in the first couple of games. He's
1: seemingly starting to, you know, it's like we always hear how Sidney Crosby always spends so much time on the little parts of his game that. He wants to improve. It seems like James Conner's done a good job on a couple of big things for him. Number one, he was able to get to the check down real quick, be open for Ben. But the yards after the catch thing, he's really improved on. Ball security, another thing he seemed to focus on yesterday. He did lose the one, as I pointed out earlier. But you watched him, Mike. He was covering it up as he was getting tackled. He seemed really cognizant of ball possession.
5: You know, and Ramon Foster uh, mentioned this last week. He said Conner went to him. When the running game was not productive, and said, "What am I doing wrong? What do I have to do better?" He's really attacking it as Connor is as hard Mm -hmm. as he can attack it, and uh, he's fine. He's not Le'Veon Bell, but he's
1: fine. Number three, Ben and Ab did not connect really well in the first half. Couldn't happen. They were forcing. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, It was just not happening. What game you were watching? But the benefit officiary of uh, Mm -hmm. ab being doubled up all the time so far this season i mean no question juju has really uh really uh shined when it was important and uh, an 18 yard touchdown catch a marvelous throw by ben but a fantastic catch by juju for the touchdown this is your number three play of the game
4: he's back steps up in the pocket fires for the end zone touchdown juju smith schuster in the back of the end zone
1: Number two, Ben and AB finally get it going in the second half. A couple of touchdowns, but what do the, you mean finally the second touchdown. Had it going all along. I don't know what you're talking about. Was the one Steeler fans have been waiting for. A 47-yard hookup, a perfect throw from Ben. A beauty. AB breaks free, huge touchdown, and I can tell you. That was as crazy as it's gotten in, in Heinz Field this year.
4: Play action fake. Ben wants to air it out. There's a man open. It is caught. That's a touchdown. That's Antonio Brown. It is back 47 yards out. Alford looks at him and said, Where'd you come from? Yeah,
1: I mean, 60 plus thousand strong just all at the same time. Finally! There it is!
3: I gave birth to a baby on that one.
1: <laughs> and Mike, your number one play of the game. TJ Watt might be AFC defensive player of the week.
5: JJ Watt might be NFC Defensive Player of the Week.
1: TJ with big day yesterday. And uh TJ to LJ, they ended up with a fumble recovery for a touchdown late in the game that did what, Mike? It put it
4: over.
5: I mean they might I mean they might share AFC Defensive Player of the Week. I know what you meant. He had a big night last night, too.
4: Ice in the gun. He's back. He's going to be hit and sacked. Ball's out. And the
5: ball is out.
4: The Steelers knock it into the end zone. They dive on into the end L-T-4. zone. LJ Ford. And that's a touchdown. LJ Ford.
1: You can call him Ray J. You can call him TJ. You can call him LJ. Game was over at that point. It was over. And, Mike, you know what they say. When it's over. It's over. The Steelers with a huge win at home over the Falcons yesterday. 41-7.
0: Turkish police officers are taking turns standing outside a hospital bathroom waiting for a diamond ring to come out one man's exit door. (laughs) Uh, the 54-year-old named Ian Campbell of Ireland was visiting the Turkish resort town of Marmaris when he stopped into a jewelry store to look at diamond rings. One of the rings he really liked later went missing. The store owner called police, alleging this guy had swallowed it. So police took Campbell into custody, then to a nearby hospital where an x-ray did confirm the oh, accusation. Ooh.
1: This diamond ring doesn't shine for me anymore. And
0: it does not shine, definitely. Every
3: kiss begins with... <laughs> Bellman and the DVE morning show.
1: Pittsburgh Steelers with a big win over the Falcons yesterday and it's like none of that other stuff ever happened. You know? All's right in the world. Oh yeah. It never really it didn't happen. Don't don't even think about it. We're one to know.
3: I'm starting <laughs> my season right now.
1: That's right. This is quarter number 2 of the season. <laughs> in the second quarter, we're one to know. Well, we're headed down to a team that's 4 and 1 though. So big uh, challenge for the Steelers this Sunday in the division against the Bengals in Cincinnati. More on that later, but we're going to bask in the glory of yesterday's W a little bit more this morning. We'll have Tim Benz in studio for you. Also, Jerry Dulac and Stan Saverin with a power of Steelers talk for you coming up around 9 o'clock. Val's got your news right now. What's going on, Valerie?
0: Here's the Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast brought to us by Bridgeville Appliance. It's 70 degrees at DVE. The news is brought to us by CBS Television. Work is starting on Parkway East today for Bridge Dam replacement. Uh, PennDOT doing that. Yeah, Outbound side will be down to one lane from Bates Street to the Greenfield Bridge. Those restrictions will be in place Monday through Friday, 5 a.m. to 2 p.m. Drivers are being urged to seek alternate routes. Millions of people could be in the path of another big storm. A hurricane watch has been posted for Florida's Panhandle and Big Bend regions as Tropical Storm Michael churns midway between Cozumel and the western tip of Cuba. Top winds are at 70 miles per hour. Michael is expected to move into the eastern Gulf of Mexico tonight and is forecast to be near or at major hurricane strength when it reaches the northeastern Gulf tomorrow night and Wednesday. Well, more and more companies are using robots and artificial intelligence to hire new employees. Not surprisingly, a lot of this is happening with tech jobs in Silicon Valley. The idea is to have machines and algorithms speed up the recruitment process, which frees up the time of hiring managers so those people can knock out more complex tasks. It also removes human bias that can hold back some applicants. So whether you like it or not, nearly all Fortune 500 companies are using some kind of automation to improve their hiring processes these days.
1: I wonder if they have something that like shoots through your social media accounts and, and has like scans it for like, you know, flag words or pictures or something like
0: Probably. that. Probably. I'd use that. In the tech
3: <laughs> just in life. Yeah. Kind of get rid of some stuff that might be uh, maybe didn't age well. You know, go back through your accounts. I would go
1: through it, and anybody that has one of those Facebook posts where they go, tell me something great about me, and then I would uh, just, you know, give them the Heisman.
0: Or tell me how we met.
1: It's all about, tell me something great about me. It's so weird.
0: (laughs) There have been times when I want to say, we never have. Yeah, right. (laughs)
1: Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, never met you.
0: In England, a cleaning service company that features naked cleaners is thriving. The naked cleaning company doing so well, they're looking to uh, hire many new employees who happen to have naturalist beliefs.
3: We're expanding.
0: They're hiring naked cleaners uh, left and right. It's no bargain, though. The company charges about $100 per hour for the naked cleaning service.
3: Have you seen the remote control? (laughs) I'm all out of Swiffer pads. Hold on one second.
0: And uh, sticking with the theme, there's a new strip club going up in San Antonio called the Emergency Room. uh, Gentleman's Club, and some people, including local government, don't like the name because they think it could be confusing. Like if somebody maybe from out of town is having chest pains and they plug Emergency Room. Into mm-hmm. Google Maps and it sends them to Quick, the strip club. Quick, get me club. to a strip right. club. Yeah. <laughs> uh, seems though there really isn't much the city can do about it, so they uh, plan on making life miserable for the club. Uh, the place hasn't even opened yet. The city is already going after the owner about missing permits and signs being put up and conforming to city codes. What so about try new to get them
3: doctors? Are we anywhere near <laughs> that? Well, let's hope not. I'd like to uh, see some. Uh... Some of that going on in the ER. I
1: don't know. There's a few dentists in the South Hills that were trying something <laughs> out when you were knocked out. Oh, no. I don't know if that counts.
0: What oh, is the emergency room count. the name of the place in Vegas that yeah, with they, the burgers? they serve the giant?
1: No, was it, it was called the, like the um Well the burger was called like the heart attack burger or something like that, but right. I don't, it was like I think it was the something grill. Cardiac yeah,
0: it wasn't grill. Yeah, or something. something like that. Okay. It's October time to start your yes, Christmas shopping. Yes, it's
1: called shopping. Cardiac Grill. Cardiac Grill? Okay. Christmas no, shopping. No, Heart Attack Grill. Sorry. All right. Even more specific.
0: Christmas shopping. No. Why now? Retail experts say there are a lot of reasons. Most importantly, lines are shorter, less chaos, which is why I always start early. You do. I, I... I, we, I usually wait till November, though.
1: I haven't decided if someone's getting a Christmas present in October. <laughs>
0: they got two months to screw up. Yeah, but you know your nieces and nephews are. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> You'll probably give better gifts. Trying to find a perfect thing for everyone is a lot more doable when you shop early because there's not that pressure. Like, I have to get something right now. Mm-hmm.
3: Right. It's not so crunch you time can yet. put
0: more thought into it. Shopping early means money won't be as tight around the holidays. Even if you buy half your stuff now, you can you know spread it out. Don't crush your credit cards and everything in December, so you have to be depressed in January. Uh, avoiding holiday deals can actually save you money. You might find a few crazy discounts on Black Friday or Cyber Monday, uh, but if you you know do some other shopping, you might find better deals.
3: Right. I always wonder like what's going to be the tickle me Elmo this year? You know what's going to be the thing that everybody's trying to get. Price is crazy. It, you can't is find it anywhere. Yet? I don't know. I don't know. Usually it's like LOL dolls or something like that. These surprise dolls that the kids are obsessed with now.
7: Most They're of my nieces and nephews are
1: all, like, gift card age now. It's mm, no fun. I'm
7: There's
3: just no
1: point in get them, getting them anything. Here's the cash. I've done my... I checked the box. It's no fun <laughs> for any of us anymore.
0: <laughs> I love the trashiness Meghan Markle brings to the royal palace. Uh, her estranged sister tried to visit the new royal at Kensington Palace, but the family reunion didn't happen. Written Sunday Mirror says Samantha Markle flew to the U.K. determined to confront her younger sister about a bitter fallout the two had. Samantha arrived uninvited at the home of the Duchess of Sussex. That don't work. That you she not show with up Prince on a nost- Harry, But was locked in an embarrassing standoff with police at the gates. <laughs> in the end, she was forced to leave a note for her half-sister and leave the premises.
1: Imagine if you went to visit your sister and then the <laughs> cops were like, no, you can't.
0: I mean, you'd be pissed, right? Yeah.
3: Yeah, I'd be really pissed because now I'm in Sussex with nothing to do. <laughs> Where do you even
0: stay? Samantha's been on the warpath. like <laughs> Since she was denied an invitation to the royal wedding.
1: Well, look, that should have been your first clue. <laughs> you know, Just may- let it go. Maybe send a few emails before you jump on the plane and go to Sussex.
0: John Bon Jovi set to hit the high seas with fans on a pair of 2019 Runaway to Paradise cruises on the Norwegian Cruise Line. The first is set to sail April 12th through the 16th from Miami to Nassau. The second is a Mediterranean cruise between Barcelona and Palma. Uh, Palma on the Spanish island of Mallorca from August 26th through the 30th. For ticketing and more information, visit NorwegianCruiseLines.com. And Ozzy recovering from surgery on his hand due to an infection. The weekend procedure forced Ozzy to cancel his scheduled concert Saturday in Mountain View, California. His No More Tours 2 Trek is expected to resume tomorrow in Chula Vista before it wraps up in Vegas on Saturday. And uh, the October 6th show rescheduled for October 16th. So hopefully he's on the mend. Uh, sunny today, mid-80s for the high. It's 70 a DVE.
1: Tim Ben's joining us right now from the Pittsburgh Steelers radio network where he uh, kicks off all the pregames with Dale Lawley and Rob King. Uh, yesterday, James Conner's performance, you know, he's had a couple of these. Week one, I think a lot of people their fears were allayed to an extent that, you know, the Steelers would still be able to get something together. This was, of course, when hope was still springing eternal. Pre-fumble. Yes. Pre-fumble James Conner, people said, okay. He hasn't really had the best Uh, stats since that first game. Yesterday changed everything, and it really showed you what this guy can do. Now, the defense for the Falcons is garbage, and we know that, and they have key injuries, but the fact is his hot knife through butter on the first drive is a good indication of where James Conner is probably headed. Right, exactly,
8: and I wrote about that today in the Trib in the sense that this was a big game, this was ticketed to be a big game potentially for James Conner if they let it be. Mm -hmm. You know, The Rams, think. excuse me, the uh, Falcons, I believe were 24th in the league when it came to stopping the run. And the Steelers, at times, to your point, have had success with Connor running. I just don't think they've been committed to it. I don't think that until yesterday they trusted him as much as they claimed they trust him to be Mm -hmm. a Lev Bell replacement publicly because... When it's 28-28 against the Chiefs to start the second half, when it's 14-14 to start the second half against the Ravens, 17-14 in the third, if you've got Lev Bell, I don't think you're going 100% passing game, which is basically what they That's did what they had in, the right. in the second half at home against these other teams. I think if Lev Bell is there, you intentionally are more balanced to involve Bell, and I would have been with Connor too. Yeah. You know, I know that he's got flaws and he's not what Bell is, but I think a lot of the concern about the run game being substandard without Bell was self-inflicted due to the fact that they just went away from it. Yeah, they went in situations where it calls for still being balanced. So you think it was
1: on Randy Feekner?
8: To to a degree. To a degree, yeah. And and Mike Tomlin. Uh, There was a chicken and the egg thing going on where they didn't earn enough reps because the running game wasn't great, but they also didn't let the run game be great because they didn't stick with it long enough. Mm -hmm. And, you know, according to what the players said in the locker room yesterday, it was more on us for not doing better against Baltimore and Kansas City in those home games, but this time, when it was good, they stayed with it. I thought they kind of came off the rails towards the end of the second quarter. I thought it was too pass-oriented there, but the more important drive to me, Randy, even than the first one, was the first drive in the third quarter, where again, it was almost... They had a couple runs in there with Ridley, but there was like five touches for Connors, two touches for Ridley, one short pass to Connor, and that's what got them eight of their 11 plays for the scoring drive on the... Start of the third quarter.
1: I haven't seen time of possession yet. It had to be way better. They were really eating up clock on drives. Yeah,
8: actually, the time of possession was a bit skewed because they did have a couple of short possessions due to the block punt and was it they had a okay. turnover there somewhere too, Mike, or a short field or something that I'm remembering.
5: Atlanta had uh, 30:52 and Pittsburgh 29:08. Yeah, it
8: was a little bit. Whoa. It was a little bit skewed because the block punt was a short possession and they gave right. it back to them. Well, it seemed like they had some longer drives. And yesterday. a hurry-up. They had a hurry-up at the end of the first half, which also... they hurry-up to throw an interception. Yeah, right, exactly. Yeah.
1: <laughs> what was that bad? Oh, my God. Just I really thought that away. was... I, I I thought we were in trouble there. Well, that's
8: why Mike's soundbite Which Are you going to get to that this... Uh, sports 30, yeah. Ben Roethlisberger saying, I, I don't know what you're talking about. There's no misfires for us on the offensive side of the ball, me and A.B. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't about. know what you're oh, talking about. <laughs> yeah, that one, that one in the end zone at the Let's end of the second quarter. Let's go back to
1: the tape. I started <laughs> to wonder if Ben's elbow wasn't actually legitimately still screwed up because his release point was so different. He was throwing the ball high on everything. That uh, signature touch that he's always had had uh, seemingly gone away, but it really looked like he got it all back yeah. in the second half. First
8: half, you look like Ricky Vaughn. Yeah. <laughs> from major league. It, it was, was going everywhere. Yeah. You
1: had no idea where
8: it was going. In the second half, that looked like old fashioned Ben to A B. Uh he was he was open and Ben got it to him. Right. Um, you know, Matt Williamson, who is part of our radio family here from JohnClaytonFootball.com has said repeatedly it's not about A B not getting open, it's about Ben missing him. And And it's
5: not about him being suffocated with coverage, either, because a lot of these misses are on -on one-on-one opportunities.
8: Yeah, it certainly was. I thought yesterday, for the first half, it was the most evident that it was more on the quarterback than the wide receiver than what Mm. we had seen so far. And that seemed to straighten itself out, or Ben straightened it out with more
1: accuracy, better said, in the third quarter. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Totally accurate. Um, Defensively. Where we thought, okay, well, this is an afterthought. They're going to be terrible all year, and we have to outscore everybody. All of a sudden, against a pretty prolific offense, the D comes up big, and the coaches had them prepped. Uh. Joe Hayden all over Julio Jones, down lineman getting pressure early. This was a great and by far the best defensive performance of the year for the Steelers. I love the defensive game plan.
8: You know, we've been killing Keith Butler and Mike Tomlin all season long for how they've handled the defense. Right. I thought they attacked. Mike, I know you spoke with Cam Hayward. I was there in the scrum with you, and you talked about the four-man rush. But at the same time, I thought they blitzed enough, too. They peppered that in with Mike Hilton. Even when it didn't work, I was okay with it. Like, did you see the first down play where they run blitzed Sean Davis and Freeman gashed him for about 20 yards? Mm -hmm. I don't care. (laughs) At that point, in that situation, I loved it. I loved the aggressiveness on their part. They didn't – I felt like we'll have to go back and watch this. They didn't get scared
1: away from their game plan on any of that stuff, yeah.
8: I I don't – We'll watch again on like further review, but I don't feel like they drop T.J. Watt as
5: often as they have and they let him attack the quarterback. A couple of things that I thought were wrinkles were uh, they ran two delayed blitzes that got home. L.J. Fort on one Fort of them. Fort on one and uh, Bostic on another. And Bost- even the uh, strip sack at the end was kind of a delay with Terrell Edmonds coming. I think this was different in that when the running back stayed in, they decided to blitz instead of letting themselves be outnumbered and drop back into zone, zone, which has not worked in previous games. And this time, even though there was numbers in terms of the protection, they were able to find a lane and get there. And desperate
8: times call for desperate measures, too. They don't like to have Joe Hayden follow a receiver around the field. Yeah. I don't but know they, why they don't
5: like that, by the but way. But they
8: did with Julio Jones, and boy, did it work. He was really good against Julio. And even when they swapped off at times, and I talked to Hayden about this in the locker room yesterday, there was a play in the third quarter after uh, he had followed Jones successfully where they decided to have Jones come in short motion and Hayden like clapped and the two other defensive backs, it was Hilton and Davis on the right side of the field, looked at each other and they swapped off. Whatever He knew what was coming. And he stayed with Sanu after the short motion from Julio, and Julio ran right into a bracket double coverage. And Ryan tried to drop the ball in between. That was a third down. It was was a third down, and Hayden went bonkers coming off the field. It was Davis
5: and Sensible, right?
8: Right. Uh, No, it was Davis and Hilton. I think that's what that's what uh, Hayden said to me. And Hayden came like doing jumping jacks off the field on a play where he didn't cover the receiver. And I think, Randy, what it was is that they were so happy. Communicating, The communication finally worked on something
1: that important. It was like in The Miracle Worker when, uh, water! (laughs) Water! (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) They
5: finally got through to the Helen Keller of defenses. Right, exactly. Let's all go celebrate at the emergency room. There was one down where they didn't. At least one I can remember where Hayden decided not to follow him all the way across the field. He ended up, Jones ended up on Artie Burns. Were you a fan of, go ahead, And uh, Matt Ryan didn't throw it to him. That staggered me. It should have staggered you. It was That's staggerable. Were you
8: a fan of the juju celebration with the baby being delivered or not? I like
1: all of them because I think it's hilarious how pissed off people get about it, as if it matters. I was just impressed that a
8: guy in his third trimester could get up that high. Yeah. To me... I'm glad it wasn't a C-section. He hid the
1: baby bump really well from the uh, trainers, I thought. It would have been funny if one of them would have come over like a rabbi and done a bris really
8: quick or something.
4: <laughs>
1: <laughs> but... Well, I saw AB
8: at the podium with all five of his kids. I was like, Did, was he worried about where the sixth one was? Is, is this one mine too? We're not going to have a paternity test after the game, are we? AB should
1: just let his kids do the press conference for him. Oh, yes, absolutely. The
8: they can complain about the media putting him on social media too much. <laughs> you guys, you focus on me way too much. You're giving me too much attention here. A lot of Google alerts. You guys more. are happy my dad has problems. <laughs>
5: All I, I'm are not, we really free if we got to listen to this guy?
1: All right, here's the thing. All right, make fun of E B all you want. Make, oh, fun, <laughs> make fun of Ben not acknowledging that the first half was a little shaky between he and 84, but they're okay, back. back! All right? Did the uh, 48-yard pass or 47-yard pass show you nothing? It was fantastic. It is. That oh, was a beautiful that a bucket. Was I'm telling you, being in the stadium, it was just... This huge outburst of relief
5: from Steeler Nation. Yeah, that's an instance where football is better live. Oh, it was. I, I think for the most part it's better on TV, unless you're really into the communal experience of being a fan. But you don't get that whole view on television of him beating the coverage right. and then running open and the safety. Yeah. You see the safety? That was the OS, you know. You saw it right he's away. He's he, You know he's not going to get there if the ball's perfectly placed. And the ball was perfect. Everybody
1: saw him. Everybody in the stands is screaming, You got him, you yeah. got him, That's him a you got him. Double rainbow. And then he just lays, just drops a dime. AB
4: runs That's underneath just it. Pretty of oh. plays they've had this year. Oh. Big Ben wants to air it out. There's a man open. It is caught. That's a touchdown. That's Antonio Brown and his best from 47 yards out. Alford
1: looks at him and said, where'd you come from? Oh, yeah. The Steelers with a 41-17 win over the Falcons yesterday. Tim Benz uh, with us. Th- thanks so much, uh, Benzie appreciate it. Got Jerry Dulac coming up. Stan Savard with the Steelers Power Hour. Mike Pursuta when we come back. Don't forget this weekend's game, Cincinnati. The Bungles. Well, they aren't too bungly these days, Mike. Four and one. Pretty, pretty good. So the Steelers are now 2-2-1. Two, two
3: they better not bungle this.
1: We're um, gonna get our ex-producer on this week, Randy Slack. Yeah, maybe we'll have to get uh, get Slack on, even though he's is that a possible,
5: warning... even though he's a morning guy now.
1: He is a morning guy. I don't know. Well, maybe we'll tape it. Maybe he tapes it, uh, or, or maybe we'll get him to arrange some actual interviews in Cincinnati for us too. <laughs> Hey Slug, how you doing? Are you uh, hook us up with uh, somebody over at EBN?
5: Thanks. <laughs> it's going to be a bad week for Butch Hobson in <laughs> Cincinnati. Vontaze perfect joining us live on DVE. Let me tell you what. One-on-one one going to Yankee Stadium and the uh, Steelers coming to town.
1: Coverage beginning at 9 a.m. for this Sunday's 1 o'clock kickoff between I'll the Steelers and the Bengals. I'll be on with Rob King and Dale Lally. Yes, and then uh, Mike Persuda, Jerry Dulac, and Bob Labriola, and then once again the triumvirate of Steeler broadcasting, Bill Hillgrove, Tunch Ilken, and Craig Wolfley. Oof. Steelers football 2-2-1 two, two and one. We're back <laughs> It's a All, all doubts erased it's The standard is the standard No, it's, it's f- everything's hard. fine Last week the sky was falling This week It's right up where it should be Hey, you are right, by the way About
8: that uh, third quarter thing They got to figure that out, man. I mean, just have a concerted effort. (laughs) I don't know, more beer
1: tubs or something. It's all, under
8: the scoreboard has become too popular. And like they do that thing, and with yeah. one minute left to go, like Larry gets on the loudspeakers and says, "There's one minute left to go. Get back to your seats and be part of the action."
3: Everybody's like, "Screw you! I've waited in line for ten yeah. minutes. I'm getting my Miller Lite." There's See,
1: nobody they, in their seats. They no the second one. Half. And the nobody. Steelers
3: couldn't be happier about it.
1: Yeah, because it's a lot of cash.
3: You can't make the concessions that great and then expect people to be in their seats.
1: Larry with a uh, premature. Oh, was that funny. First yesterday? Down. It's a Pittsburgh Steelers first, uh, third, third down. <laughs> and then they Whatever. get the first down. He goes, now that's a Pittsburgh <laughs> I, I, Steelers. Imagine, right imagine if
8: they didn't get it. Hey, you cost them the game, I Larry. Know. You jinxed them. You, go, you, put, <laughs> you counted your
1: chickens. You put um, Maloik on them. <laughs>
5: I don't know what you're talking about. They won the game.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Jerry D, Stan Saverin, Steelers win. All to come. D.V. Duff.com. D-V-E Sports. Tim Bens still hanging in the studio with us. Mike, proceeded with your sports from yesterday. And you and Ben did not agree on uh, how the first half went between he and Antonio Brown.
5: You know, I do a little online segment with Labriola called Agree to Disagree. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's where Ben and I were yesterday. Sports This Hour brought to you by <laughs> Citizens Bank. Antonio Brown finished yesterday's 41-17 win with six catches for 101 yards two touchdowns, including a long of 47 that uh, beautifully artistic passed down the sideline. Uh, the Atlanta Falcons had no answer. They had no answer for the Steelers all day. Did I mentioned the Steelers won forty-one seventeen? 17 Brown had 101 yards and two touchdowns. But it still seemed like an up-and-down day for me between Ben Roethlisberger and Antonio Brown. We had spent a lot of time last week talking about how those two had to get it together more consistently, how they had to get on the same page, how they had to be more productive, and uh, I asked Ben Roethlisberger if that long, beautifully uh, orchestrated and executed 47-yard touchdown was a big relief given the uh, up-and-down day that those two had experienced to that point.
7: I thought it was pretty up. Um, you know, going deep, you had over 100 yards, two touchdowns, I don't know where the down is.
5: You didn't think there was a couple
7: misses in there? Nope.
5: Which game was he uh, watching in the first half? Well, here's, here's what I saw. Uh, second quarter... Uh, shallow cross on third and four, wide open, overthrown. Roethlisberger to Brown, punt the ball. Then, uh, in a subsequent series, uh, actually before that, I, I take that back, uh, first quarter, first and ten from the Steelers 42, just a little flanker screen, Antonio Brown, wide open, Antonio Brown dropped it. Second and ten, Antonio Brown open along the sideline, Roethlisberger overthrew it. Then there was the overthrow on the shallow cross. Then there was uh, an extended conversation between Roethlisberger and Brown late in the second quarter after a failed series. They were down on the thirty-yard line, uh, all by all themselves. All by themselves, just twenty kinda, yards away from another teammate, just kind of talking it out. But according to Ben Roethlisberger, uh, they weren't talking about anything of consequence.
7: I have no idea what it was about because it wasn't anything special. So it didn't. It, it, you know, it's not like we had any. Crazy talk because we we told you guys that there was no issues. Uh, we just weren't connected. And I wasn't playing well enough, and I'm not saying that I played great today, but we made enough plays, and I thought we we, we did what we had to do.
8: Yeah. Okay. Then, Candlesticks make a nice gift.
5: Okay. Then, then there was the second uh, and goal interception into the end zone. Uh, the three man rush play when Ben Roethlisberger got flushed left, and he didn't have anybody to throw to because there was eight guys back in coverage, and he just kind of lobbed one into the middle of the end zone.
7: It was a a combination of um, trying to kind of one man catch it. Um, He's the best in the world. I'm going to give my guy a shot. Uh, Obviously, you you don't like the results. You want to score points. Um, So I'll take that on myself and and hurting the team. But when I see my guy one on one uh, with the defender's back turn, the guy that made the play was a safety coming from the other side that A.B. didn't see. And um, I didn't see him either. So you know what? He's the best in the world. I'm going to give him a chance.
8: When Ben gets self-deprecating like he did last week, and he responds with a win one way or another, he ratchets up the smug quotient. You know, when he is at all pressed, the next week he does. I mean, like I think
1: that he's defensive because his they won. And they scored 41 points, even though, you know, the defense put up seven and the offense was probably, you know, at their best in all facets in a way that they haven't been all year. And then someone starts asking him negative questions and he's like, are you guys for real? We just got our bleep together out there today.
5: Got a point there. The point I was trying to get to. I actually thought the answer would be, "Boy, yeah, we really needed that. That that's what we can do. That's what we're capable of." You that, weren't trying to highlight
3: that, the negative
5: there. You I, were trying I was to, trying say to how how talk big about was the significance right. of the TD pass, which I thought was significant. Or you're trying to mine where the turnaround
8: happened. If you're trying to figure out where the turnaround happened, what was said on the sideline during that conversation? Which, if he's acting like there was nothing said, give me a break. It lasted an entire commercial break. It lasted long enough that they talked for. For a while Feetner came over left and they were still talking like
5: honestly what were they talking about yeah. you know family picnic what that's, happened
8: at the fashion show
5: Come that's on. the same as Tomlin said I haven't thought about Le'Veon Bell at all yeah, yeah. right yeah I just got this all pro running back out there in the wind I don't, I don't wonder when he's coming or if he can help us maybe that's what they were talking about <laughs> the bottom line was 101 yards receiving and <laughs> two touchdowns. see his Instagram <laughs> the first half they threw Antonio Brown eight times. There were two completions for 15 yards and an interception. The second half is, is who these guys are. Five targets, four catches, 86 yards, two scores. Right. And I'm, st- right. I'm still going to keep beating the drum. that Antonio Brown has five touchdown receptions this year, and there have been four interceptions on balls thrown for him. The ratio. There Uh, there could have been five. Antonio Brown uh, broke one up in the end zone yesterday. The ratio has got to be a lot better than that moving forward. And I think it can be, and I think it will be. But they got to get there. And they got 41 points yesterday, seven from the defense. They're capable of a lot offensively, I think, with or without Le'Veon Bell. Yeah, the fact that they scored that, 41, are, that are, was not a surprise yesterday, right? That they scored 41? I'm <laughs> still not sold that this defense is going to do to good offenses what it did to Atlanta yesterday. Yeah. So when you play New Orleans, some of these games coming up, you're going to have to – maybe Cincinnati this week. You're no, going to have to light it up consistently. Yeah. And I think they're capable of that. If the defense keeps getting better, great. But I wouldn't uh, – buy into that
8: just yet i don't think that the atlanta offensive line is like all pro worthy across the no, you know, it tackle stinks. to tackle does it stink or was it awful yesterday because no, th- it's pretty bad
5: I no, thought- because
1: they were talking last week keith butler thought that they could uh th- there were some vulnerabilities in the interior yeah. part that they could uh
5: where they do damage on the run game they're they're wildly sporadic but they run those outside zones and they count on getting three or four cutbacks where the back side of the d is lazy and then they get chunk runs. Uh, I so like their that average that, is okay. Yeah. And Ryan's usually much better than he was yesterday at seeing the rush coming and having a plan B. Yeah, beating the Blitz, he's usually very good at. He let himself wise, get caught in the pocket a lot yesterday. And I, boy, did he pay a price.
8: I kind of thought that was a matchup the Steelers could win. I didn't expect them to dominate it they were, in the manner that they did against the, the Atlanta yeah. offensive line. I thought the offensive line for Atlanta was a little bit better than that. They killed him. They they just crushed
5: him. But overall, that's a really hard offense to handle, and they just... Hounded it into submission. Got to take that show on the road. For what it's worth, uh, Antonio Brown doesn't think there are any problems with Ben either.
6: We always on the same page. Uh, we always positive. Uh, we never uh, listen to what to what the media say. Uh, we know we got to stay together regardless of what's being said. Uh, all of my touchdowns, all of my catches is from him. Uh, and that's my guy. I live and die with him. And uh, the Wi-Fi was lit.
5: <laughs> I, I,
1: I think it's so funny that he brought that up. Actually, that all- they're
6: not always positive.
5: They're not always on the same page. Know, all of right? his catches and yes. touchdowns are not from Ben. Why are you getting frustrated at I'm Antonio just, Brown? And their Wi-Fi is not always he's, lit. No, he's,
1: he does not. His reality is what he claims it is at the moment. Yeah. It is not. It is. Uh, he, it's fluid. But <laughs> it, it's funny that he brought up, I got all my touchdowns from Ben, because that was the Scarpino tweet that he re- Responded right. to with uh, trade me and find out. Right? How close is that to accurate? By the way, does he have
8: it? How many does he have from Charlie Batch or Landry Joe? He doesn't have any from. Oh, he's Landry, got other right?
5: catches. I know. I, I
8: he doesn't have trouble. any touchdowns from anybody no. else. Doesn't
5: he?
1: Nope. You sure about that? Yeah, because that we looked into it when that tweet came out. Oh, okay. All right. Because he's garbage when Ben's
8: not there. I remember Martavis was the one that was getting the touchdowns from Landry when he came in when Ben was hurt. I remember, it's like, oh, that was the dawn of Martavis against Arizona mm-hmm. in that game, and that's kind of why he threw the hissy fit on the sideline too. By the way, Ben's out for the whole year, it's going to be your show, Martavis. Oh, right.
1: Yeah, <laughs> maybe the Raiders should sign oh. Landry.
8: Oh. That drop last week was just phenomenal. And for Ben, even though Ben threw that bad interception, it was only the third worst interception of the day. If you didn't see the Tannehill one. And the Blake Bortles one from yesterday. the Tannehill one. The Blake Bortles one is kind of like if the butt fumble was in the air. Yeah, That's how bad we're it was. Uh, well, Which one are we long talking long about? Are
5: you lineman? talking about the one off of the head or the lob to the defensive Not lineman for the pick six? <laughs> I, I'm talking about the one that went
8: off the helmet of his guard. Okay.
5: I think Blake's got a couple... Horses in this race. He, yeah, does. he had a bad
1: day yesterday. He man. might have finished
8: first and third, but Tannehill was definitely in between with the one that went to the defensive
3: line. Wow, you can't ba- play the Steelers every week.
1: Bud Light Game Day Bar of the Week. The Pabatoni Dale in Oakdale. $3.16 Bud Light draft during all Steeler games. The Pabatoni Dale over in Oakdale. That's your Bud Light Game Day Bar of the Week. Benz, thanks so much for uh, joining us this morning. Uh,
8: with Jerry tonight, by the way, bottle shop down um, in Collier Township for the Monday Night Quarterback Show at 7 o'clock.
1: Good deal. And We're with Jerry next, talking Steelers here on your radio home of the Black and Gold 102.5. It is the DV Morning Show. Randy Bauman, along with Bill Crawford, Mike Pursuit of Al Porter, welcoming our friend Jerry Dulack from the Pittsburgh Post, Gazette and the Pittsburgh Steeler radio network now this morning. And uh, Jerry... You know, I heard you say on the pregame that James Conner was not an NFL. Did you say he wasn't an NFL starter in your mind? Did that change yesterday? You think
9: he is legitimate number one potential? Well, we've seen games where he has certainly shown it. Uh, I'm kind of reflecting the feeling of most people, uh, you know, around the league and and whatnot. Um, He has certainly shown yesterday that he he could be uh, a number one running back. Uh, he has as many 100 yard games in the NFL as anybody. I, I, Todd Gurley might have gone up to three, but I don't think I don't think I that's think a they,
1: crazy stat. I didn't realize that. Yeah,
9: so he has two 100 yard games after five weeks. That would certainly qualify him as a number one running back. Um, but you you look at the last three games and you wouldn't think that. But but I as I even pointed up though yesterday on the show with Mike is that I'm not sure where the blame lies. Whether it's the offensive line or James Conner, wherever it was, they weren't running the ball very well. They saw cert- third downs that they weren't making, yeah. They certainly to get to it. They uh, we I knew going in, they were going to try and run the football, they mm-hmm. were going to make a concentrated effort to run the football, and and they did. And, oh, started, they did. and it started right on the first drive, and so that was that was a uh, big for them. What impressed me about James Conner yesterday was his yards after contact. I mean, yeah. I bet at least half his yards were yards after contact, mm-hmm. it was very impressive. Uh, he runs with an attitude. Now, you know, so do, so did Errol Campbell, and you and you pay for it eventually. But uh, that was very impressive yesterday.
1: Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say he's Campbell-esque, but I oh, mean, no, he was but certainly I just meant
9: the abuse he wants to take with his body. Yeah? Uh,
1: well, yeah, I think yesterday he was proving a point to a lot of people uh, because they had not necessarily got the offense going as any like you know fault of James Connors, but Randy Fiekner's sort of you know a little bit wet behind the ears going in there and not learning how to uh, call a game and, and establish a guy early on. And he said as much last week, God, maybe I should get him going. He needs to heat up early well, the first drive, he had 72 yards total. Yeah,
9: yeah. And, and I, but I, you know, a lot of that, though, starts up front with the line, though, too. I mean, you could run as hard all you want, but if there's no holes, it doesn't matter. But, so
1: that's the point that I wanted to get to next, the offensive line. I wouldn't say they were maligned, but there were some question marks as to whether or not they were actually opening up some holes for him, uh, and how much they were sort of uh, complicit in the uh, inability of the Steelers to get the running game going.
9: Yeah, Ben even acknowledged as much yesterday. He said, you know, that the line gets tired of hearing, oh, we can't run the ball when and, and, you know, talking to uh, uh, David DeCastro after the game and Marquise Mar- Mar- Pouncey, I mean, it's the same deal. They they say the same thing, and they take that personally. But you can say you take it personally after you go out and, and have a performance like that. It's easy to say. It's kind of like team meetings in, in sports where they say, we had a good team meeting and closed the doors. You only <laughs> hear about <laughs> team meetings after a victory. You never hear about team meetings after a loss. Yeah.
3: So, well, then that's the answer. We just have to keep saying that, that they can't better, run the ball.
9: Or to have to say they had a team meeting because right, exactly. we know that
3: they, they take that stuff personally. I,
9: I think with James Conner, I think that's the defense uh, defensive minded player in him. The way he he wants to inflict the damage as opposed to, to to take the pounding, and it was very impressive what he did yesterday. No question about it.
1: So uh, Danny Smith and special teams yesterday, kind of a mixed bag.
9: Well, I, I think I think th- three things: Jordan Jordan Berry, Jordan Berry, Jordan Berry. The, the, the long punts and the down at the two. Um, You know, and the block punt changed the whole game right there. Yeah, really They they break the game open right there. So, um, you know, Boswell misses an extra point again, which just is kind of ongoing for him. Uh, We saw Mason Crosby kind of, uh, you know, uh, shank a couple there.
1: You're a golf guy. I mean, I always use the analogy to people who say, we got to get rid of him. I'm like, he's working his
5: swing back here. I mean, this
1: is the guy you see him getting better. He Whatever, he had a glitch in his swing, and now it's coming back. Here's what
5: bothers me a little bit about it is they talked – before the Ravens game about finding an error, a technical malfunction, a technique
9: thing. It's the worst thing you could do, Mike. They the worst said, thing you could tell a kicker.
5: Danny Smith said, we got a correction. We've been working on it. And then he was good against Baltimore.
9: And then, yes, they missed another extra point. So,
5: Mike okay, Tomlin. He just hit it bad, or was the fix not the fix?
9: Mike Tomlin said a couple weeks ago, I'm not worried about the kicker, but I'm worried about the kicking. And and uh, when, the, <laughs> when they uh, said... Um, that uh, they detected a little uh, glitch in his mechanics. I, I thought right away the worst thing you could do because now it's in his, it's in his head, head that he has a glitch in his mechanics. It's just like telling a golfer, it's like you say, do you notice you're laying the club off at the top? And all of a sudden, all he's thinking about is, where is my club right. position at the top? It's the same thing with a kicker. And uh, when I heard that, I thought, "Rot row, not very yeah. good."
3: <laughs> Maybe we should just all start asking them why they can't kick a good field goal, and then they'll take that personally. And so, right. I don't a know what you are talking about. <laughs> I haven't missed anything. <laughs> the media is really taking a lot of hits this year. Early uh, on, Oh, yeah, we take it all the time. Jeez. You know,
9: we 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 just go into you the uh, we just go into the Ali rope a dope. We just <laughs> yeah. out. we we just Punch hope they out. we hope they tire themselves out with that the beating. That's all.
1: Well, uh, they needed that win yesterday. Was that defensive effort helped out by an off day by Matty Ice? Because he looked like he missed a few... Open guys.
9: he did, and I, but I'm not sure who caused him to be off. Uh, you know, and and I, I think oh, he I, doesn't
1: like pressure. No, you know? well, he didn't like,
9: I, T.J. was in his face, and you know, getting his hands up, and what I will say though is the last two weeks he had been sacked six times and hit 14 other times, and he had big games and did not throw a pick and threw for 375. Right. But yesterday, I think that was a classic example of pressure and coverage working together, uh, and and, and um, I would that's agree. that's why they were effective, and that's what you look for. Their coverage all of a sudden looks better when you get that kind of pressure. So I thought. Yeah. That- what
5: do you do when Hayden's holding up your guy?
9: Yeah. And then your
5: front guys are getting beat, so now you have less time than you thought you were going to have, and your guy's not where you need
9: him to be. Yeah, you Eat it, it. It, it. two things happen. You either have to get rid of the ball just a split second quicker because the rush is coming, or you have to hold it just a split second longer because the coverage is 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 on your receiver, and then the rush it allows the rush to get to you. So I, that that's what was happening yesterday. I thought the key, I thought why the, the why the win was significant was for this reason. You beat Atlanta, then you go to Cincinnati, where you're what are you, Mike, seventeen and two. You do what you do in Cincinnati. Now you're three and two. Now you have the break, and then you get Cleveland, and I'm not saying Cleveland's the old Cleveland. But it's a good opportunity back home. Now you're four, two, and one, and you've gained some traction. That's why I thought yesterday's win was big for.
1: Me. No doubt about it. Mike and I were just talking, and with the buy and everything, just the, the buying a little extra time here with a win this week would be huge. Coming back and
9: being able to beat Cleveland, it's a brand new season for the Steelers at that point. Absolutely, and and you know, and and, and Le'Veon Bell, well, we th- think he's coming back. Nobody's holding their breath. He still hasn't told anybody with the Steelers Why do people
1: back. think if James Conner has a good game, it makes Lev Bell want to come back? Yeah, that's not. That's it's like the it.
9: dumbest reasoning.
5: Right, right. Well, yeah. Funtes-
3: they- Perfect is inactive, he's not coming back for the Cincinnati <laughs> game.
5: Why do they think if James Conner has a good game, Le'Veon Bell's expendable and you don't need to bring him back? that's more the other side right I yeah. mean you absolute I don't care if you never play him you bring him back no doubt if this yeah, guy he, ends up playing for the Patriots and beating your ass in the AFC championship <laughs> game there's gonna have to be some explaining done I think, you think I
9: think it's good. He'll gonna he'll get hurt what's gonna well what's <laughs> gonna make this well he may if you th- if you're suggesting is gonna get hurt just you know, because he's going to fake it. But the problem is, when you miss camp, and now you miss six or seven weeks, and you come in, and now you got to play 125. percent That's when those soft tissue muscles. I don't uh, care what he occur. told
1: Jeremy Fowler. There is no footage of him working out last year. He no. had tons of it on the internet. He looked soft in those pictures on TMZ. There's the no on the jet ski. Yeah, he looked. Let's work see those the...
9: thighs. He looked like it was a guy. I thought it was Casey Hampton on the jet ski. <laughs> Are when we going to pitch
1: it to him on a uh, Polaris? You know, I mean, (laughs) he's got to
9: run. Did you see the pictures of him in the nightclub when he was up on stage? Honest to goodness, I had to enlarge the photo to make sure that was his face because I wasn't sure that was Le'Veon Bell Because he he looks bloated. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Maybe he's wearing a fat suit. He might have been. It might have been like weird off. Al
1: Yankovic. But yeah. I tell
9: you, as long as, I mean, as, as long as the running game is productive, then it, it just makes everything more curious how they're going to use him. But they're not going to bring him in, they're not going to start him, and they're not just going to throw him in and give him a ton of carries. I think it's, it's important
1: to get Ridley in there to, to keep the running sure. game uh, productive. I, it's a nice counterbalance to what James does. I, I really like the two of them,
5: not just because it spells him, because it gives you a different look coming out of that guy. He's a different runner. He is, but dispelling him, I think, spelling Connor is... Not every back is as conditioned as Bell. They've become accustomed to just letting him go because he doesn't want to come out of games when he's in shape and here and actually playing. Uh, You can't handle everybody like that. Uh, It's good to have that counter. Yeah. Uh, all right, well, Steelers and Bengals next
9: week. So you guys are headed back to Cincinnati, Jerry. Back to Cincinnati, back to our What do you board. golf down there? Well, oh, yeah, you know, I don't because it's a 1 o'clock game, unfortunately. Ah, now, yeah. if it were a night game, don't worry, I'd have something lined mm-hmm. up. Kentucky Doesn't play anybody? Can you get over to the goal.
1: border there and go see some college football or something? I'd
9: get over to O'Malley's in the Alley. When I'm that's oh, that's oh, Triv's yeah. big game, O'Malley's in the Alley. Yeah. Skyline Chili? We'll it's be true. at the Montgomery I haven't Inn, done though. Skyline in a long
5: time. It's kind of like fast it's, food. It's, it's dangerous. O'Malley's oh, so like, in the yeah. alley. It's just such a dive bar. It's right near the hotels, and it's crappy.
9: Perfect for him. He f- could stumble home. And yeah. Oh yeah, it
1: is <laughs> stupid jukebox where you can scream some songs and nobody yeah. will kick you out. It's perfect. You go, place go to for the Montgomery
9: you. and you'll find me. Guaranteed. There you go.
1: All yeah. right. Well, this weekend, Steelers Bengals. <laughs> that's a one o'clock game. Coverage begins nine a.m. You'll hear Jerry along with Mike Pursuta and Bob Labriola as part of the pregame here on your radio home of the Steelers TV.
4: Okay.
0: Kevin Fetterline. Haven't heard anything about him for a while, but he's got good lawyers. He's successfully negotiated for larger child support payments from Britney Spears. They still share custody of their two boys, but Britney now has to pay him more than $1,000 a day.
3: <laughs> Those cartons in Newports are not cheap. Yeah, They're getting more expensive all the time. I mean, Kevin Fetterline, how long can you be a backup dancer? How he's long? retired. Impregnate and start playing Fortnite. <laughs> start eating
1: flaming hot Cheetos. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Wiping them on your. Uh, Doorack. T- on your.
3: <laughs> Doorack. How is that dude not from Carrick? I'll never know. <laughs> Nobody will. Randy Bellman and the DVE Morning Show. It's time for a power
2: hour of Steeler Talk with the one and only. Hey, yeah. Hall of Famer,
1: Stan, the main, Savern, and Stan, you know. Some some uh, Mondays, the power hour feels more like, you know, ooh. A sour uh, hour. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, the short circuit. Yeah, that's right. But uh, this Monday, uh, oh boy, so much to talk about. And revel in. It really does feel like the Steelers got turned around in every area where they were lacking yesterday. And it happened mid-game for the 7-84 to hookup because it was still not good in the first half. They reconnected in the second half, and that was big. But I'm wondering what you think was bigger uh, for the Steelers yesterday, uh, the, the James Conner uh, rushing and, and uh, well receiving performance—he was huge—or uh, the defense just being lights out when no one expected they would be.
2: I would have to go with the defense. Not that the, the you're getting a I don't care how great your passing game is, uh, and I understand it's a passing league now. I still believe that you have to be able uh, to run some. Uh, to be really effective, or to maximize the weapons mm-hmm. that you have, um, they had a lot of big plays off play action yesterday. If you don't have a running game, play action is wasted. No defense is going to respect the play fake. Right. We're go ahead, hand it off. We don't care. Uh, I mean, that was very, very important. uh... But defensively, uh, look, the Falcons are one and four, and you can make a case that they've been in, in a lot of games and you know their offense scores a lot of points but they are one and four and their defense is missing four starters yesterday however if you flip it that does not delegitimize what the defense did to an mm-hmm. outstanding offense we all saw Kansas City we all saw the weapons that they have i think that Atlanta's weapons are better not that Kansas City's aren't great I think really? yeah, I think Atlanta's weapons with Julio Jones and Sanu and Ridley, they're tight end. They got Devontae Freeman, you know Matt Ryan, uh, and they just totally shut them down. Uh, really, whatever stats they got, most of that was at garbage time when the game was already decided. Uh, that to me does not delegitimize the the victory, even over a one four team. Uh, you can make the case that they uh, the offense scored 34 points uh, against a bad defense, and they are a bad defense. There's no question about that. So let's not say that the offense is necessarily um, going to be a juggernaut the rest of the way. But the way that defense played, that's completely legitimate because that's a high-quality offensive group in Atlanta. Well, uh, which did you think was uh, more impressive on the defensive
1: end uh the uh secondary stepping up the way they did with Hayden all over Julio Jones, or the fact that Vince Williams was out and l j Fort and Madikevich combined
2: to have a pretty you know i don't want to say dominating but a really good afternoon l j in particular they didn't hurt him over the middle one of the pro- even when Vince Williams was there one of the problems they have since Shazier got hurt. Was that they're very soft and vulnerable over the middle because their inside linebackers, outside of Ryan Shazier, don't cover all that well. Right, uh, and so teams attack them there. Uh, there was, I mean, there was the one in route to Muhammad Sanu, and there was a mess up there. Sean Davis took a bad angle on it, but by and large, it didn't hurt him over the middle. Uh, you know, pass defense is a hand in glove thing. Um, they got great pressure largely because. They had great coverage in the secondary, and clearly Matt Ryan is going to be looking for Julio Jones, and Joe Hayden was just all over him. Julio Jones said after the game, well, they were doubling me. No, they weren't. No, they weren't. (laughs) That was man-on-man coverage, and Joe Hayden just took him out of the game. So it's hand-in-glove. If that's the primary receiver now, if Hayden's got him covered, now you got to take time to look for your second option, your third option that gives the rush mm-hmm. more time to get there. conversely, with a greater pass rush right off the bat, now all of a sudden he doesn't have time to look for a second third option, so you know they, they work in conjunction uh stop and think about this with Joe Hayden yesterday. he is working with a third-year corner who's still struggling to find his way, Artie Burns, a third-year safety who's playing free safety for the first time, and a flat-out raw rookie in Terrell Edmonds. And Joe Hayden there not only excels individually, I think he's the glue there. Mm -hmm. You don't see these miscommunications like people pointing at each other and who's doing
6: what, Um, and when he's out, it's, it's a major factor. Here's Coach Tomlin talking about Hayden. It's a myriad of variables. Obviously, we felt comfortable. Um, it's less about Joe and Julio and more about the ramifications of the matchup in terms of the trickle-down in other people. And so we we know that Joe is game for the challenge, and Joe did a heck of a job today, but we got comfortable with what it did to others um, in terms of their assignment, and I think that that's critical. Joe deserves a lot of credit, obviously, for minimizing a significant guy like that but I think the other guys deserve credit because it's an adjustment for them um, in terms of their normal travel and so forth when you're matching up.
1: You know uh, he also
6: talked about why the deep played well collectively. I just thought our big people won. Um, Cam Hayward and company obviously TJ Watt had a huge day but I just thought largely some guys won one-to-one-on-ones and and, and that's what's required.
1: Defensive line had a huge day yesterday. T.J. Watt, monster afternoon. He was in his face all day when he wasn't getting a sack or stripping the football. He was seemingly just causing problems for Matty Ice from the get-go yesterday.
2: He was, and he had been very quiet. And a lot of, last week against Baltimore, a lot of people said, where is the guy? Uh, and he stepped up uh, big. Cam Hayward, uh, I think arguably had his best game uh, of the year. Against an offensive line, that does a pretty good job protecting uh, you know, Matt Ryan. I mean, and even um, even the sacks, obviously, we get six. That's impressive. But if you watch the game, Matt Ryan, the, the pass rush, they moved him off his spot. You know, you make a guy like that move, a step to the left, a step to the right, it disrupts what it is they, they want to do. It doesn't have to be a sack. Yeah. They're great because you get negative yardage, but you just move him off his spot. The other thing is they did better at third down conversions and one of the reasons that happened is because they did better on first downs. Too many times this year they're giving up seven yards on first down. That makes the third down conversion much more manageable. But if you you know get an incompletion or even a negative play, now all of a sudden you're facing a second and nine, you know a third and eight, a third and ten. It make, makes a huge difference.
3: Yesterday, Hayden was shadowing Julio Jones, and then they said after the game that they usually don't have Hayden do that. My question is... Why, why don't they have him doing that? Why wouldn't they send him wherever AJ Green is next week and whoever the premier receiver is on every team that the Steelers play for the rest of the year?
2: Yeah, I think it depends on the receiver. I think it depends on who the other receivers are. Um, right, I, I would imagine. I think it also depends on their faith and trust um, in the other people back there. Can you know? That's what Tomlin was saying. Uh, if we're going to put Joe Hayden on this guy can you handle the rest of it now a good pass rush you know works there look look the Bengals, you know have other other weapons too mm-hmm. uh you know sure. tyler boy um you know they 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 don't have to deal with tyler eifert but joe mixon's back and get to cincinnati you know I've got the whole week to worry about that uh but i i really think that um when you've got a top quality guy like that that's when you use joe hayden in that method i also think um I think Terrell Edmonds, even though he's only five games in, um, he now is going to be your official starter. Whether Morgan Burnett is healthy or not, I, I think that you know they brought in Morgan Burnett because they wanted to play two safeties. Both of them can kind of play linebacker a little bit, but I kind of think that Morgan Burnett was brought in while Edmonds served an apprenticeship. We see that a lot. You know, mm-hmm. five, six games, whatever it takes, you know, to get them ready to play. I thought Edmonds had a really strong game yesterday um, against as good a passing game as you're going to see. I think he'll be your starter from this point forward. Coach
1: Tomlin yesterday in his uh, post-game press conference addressed some of the rough
6: and the passer calls. Those look like legitimate calls. We've got to be better there, but some of the other stuff, man, is a joke. We've we got to get better as a National Football League. Man, these penalties are costing people games and jobs. Uh, We've we got to get them correct. And um, So I'm pissed about it, to be quite honest with you. But that's all I'm going to say on it. Is Is he going to get fined? No. Um,
2: no. He's a member of the competition committee. If you go back to his press conference two weeks ago, he was asked about that, um, and he, he, he didn't argue the validity of the calls, but he's talking about the merits of the rule, mm-hmm. the new rules, or right. the reinforced rules. Uh, and he said, I worry about... I think it was after the Tampa game, as I remember. He said, I worry about some guy sitting in his home watching this and saying, I'm not enjoying this at all. Mm, he said, yeah. He said, I love the game of football. He does. Uh, he really loves football. <clears throat> and he is worried about what this will do to viewership. And obviously, it's, you know, it's, it's disgusting, people. Uh, last week, the NFL Competition Committee had a conference call, phone call and he's a member of the committee. And they aired their concerns about where the game was going, and no one seems to like it. Even the quarterbacks don't like it. Um, but they decided to do nothing uh, hmm. about it this year, I think partially because they don't want to change the rule again in midstream. right? Uh, and also, God forbid the NFL would ever admit they made a mistake and they hmm. got it wrong. Uh, I also think that you may, yesterday notwithstanding, see a directive to the officials back off a little bit. Let's be a little bit more liberal in the way we call these penalties. There was a stat out, I think like three weeks ago, there were 34 roughing the passer calls. I think not yesterday, but the week before, there was like 14. So A, players are starting to get it. That's always the way it is. Yeah. Players start. Remember the helmet-to-helmet rule? Oh, goal? yeah. And after a while, after about you know three weeks or something, um, I remember that year, I think it was 2012 or 13, after about a month of this implement and james harrison was getting fined and everything else after it settled down there was only one helmet to helmet hit call made the rest of that year and that was on julius peppers in a playoff game so players begin to get it sure james harrison took a little while to figure things out mike mitchell no it didn't take him any time Mm -hmm. to figure it out he was being obstinate and a dope (laughs) (laughs) said i'm you know i make my own rules i'm james harrison yeah uh did the tight ends catch anything yesterday Yeah, they had four receptions. Did they?
1: Okay. I think Jesse
2: Jesse had two. McDonald had one. Grimble caught one. Oh, Grimble! I forgot about the Grimble one. He caught one. Boy, Um,
3: old stiff arm McDonald really laid out a linebacker on Connor's one of Connor's first screen catches. He's a good blocker. Yeah, he's good. We didn't anticipate that. We
2: thought he's one of these receiving guys, and but he's he's a pretty good blocker. He's a big big dude. Um, uh, yeah. I mean, yesterday they you know they didn't use the uh, tight ends all that much, but again, you know, you're talking about running the ball for 100 and whatever, plus yards whatever it was Connor had 110 <clears throat> plus he caught four balls so and Ben only threw 29 times and had 19 completions <clears throat> i understand that it's a new ro- uh, world throwing 40 times has become the norm but if you look at the numbers not just here but anywhere teams that throw less than 40 times win an inordinately higher percentage of games than teams that throw 40 yeah. or more times. A couple of reasons. Number one, if you're ahead, you ought to be controlling the ball. If You are you can run the ball. And if you're behind, now you have to throw.
1: Like, what's Ben's record when he throws for over 350 yards? Yeah, it's not what, as good as you think it yeah. is. Yeah. Um, Stan Saverin here. Power Hour of Steelers Talk. We're going to take a, a quick break. Come back. Mike Pursuit is going to join us as we celebrate a nice W yesterday for the black and gold. And now, Back into the division here with the Bengals this week weekend, a bye week, and then the Browns and Ravens. I mean, it gets really interesting really quick for the Steelers.
2: Three division games in a row. Yeah, um, Two of them on the road. Cincinnati, mm-hmm. Baltimore on the road, Cleveland will be here on the 28th. Yeah, And when we come back, the thing that's about the offense, not only the yeah. 34 points they produced, uh, the other one coming on the, the strip sack, um, the way they did it, and I've got some numbers here I think that really illustrate the way that they need to play and the way they ought to be playing to win. Power Hour, a Steeler Talk with Stan Saverin and the DVE Morning. DVE Sports. Well, you know, before we
1: get to uh, to Mike here with sports, I want to point out that kickers in college and in the NFL this weekend, had, there were some big performances. Pitt's kicker had a huge day on Saturday. Uh, Mason Crosby missed five.
5: Four for, field goals and an extra point.
1: For, uh, for, for Green Bay. And then uh, you had uh, Graham Gano kicking a 63-yard game winner to beat the Giants. And then uh, Texas, their kicker, whose last name is Dicker, Dicker the kicker, with a huge kick to uh, give Texas the W. Cameron
7: Dicker from 40 yards away. 48-45,
4: Texas. With nine seconds to go.
3: That's better than Licker the Kicker. All right. Well, yes. Indeed. Dicker the Kicker.
1: With a big uh, game winner there. Our kicker, uh, you know, I have faith that Boswell will be back. They missed extra point yesterday. A little... Uh, concerning i thought mike tomlin was smart to kick the second extra point yeah instead of trying to go for two there get him some confidence on an extra point even though that seems silly well i think it was just
5: smart smart football strategically you don't start chasing points you know unless they thought they had a play
1: well they always you know he, tomlin was going to go for two you know 80 percent of the time last year so i have no idea what his thoughts are on that anymore
5: they don't have Le'Veon Bell, really? even though James Conner has been a good two-point guy.
1: And Savern joining us for a Power Hour of Steeler Talk here. Mike Pursuta leading the way here with post-game uh, analysis from the Steelers' win against the Falcons yesterday.
5: Forty-one seventeen Steelers over the Falcons. Sports this hour brought to you by CBS Television. I've been talking a lot about the defense today. I think the defense is absolutely the story. Never saw that coming. Shutting down to no. an offense of that caliber with the group that they had, which still did not include Morgan Burnett. And uh, you're still messing around with Artie Burns and Cody Sensabaugh at the one corner. Uh, But what a dominating performance physically, schematically, uh, splash play-wise. They just uh, performed well above and beyond the call. But the the running game was also, let's call it, a pleasant surprise. Mm -hmm. It had been struggling since the opener in Cleveland. Uh, Not so yesterday, James Conner with 110 yards on 21 carries. A 5.2 average and two touchdowns. You know, one of the storylines last week leading up to the Atlanta game was how ineffective they had been running the football. And a bunch of us went to the offensive lineman on Wednesday and Thursday and asked them about that. You know, is it Connor? Is it you guys? Is it play calling? Is it third downs? I think the offensive lineman got a little irked by that. Uh, in fact, I'm sure they did. Uh, and then yesterday coming off the field, the way this works in the post game on our end is a lot of us go down as the game is winding down the last couple minutes, particularly when it's decided you take the elevator down early if you can because they hold the elevator for the coaches for the last two minutes. So a lot of times you're lined up along the wall next to the door to the locker room and the players come off and they see you standing there. And uh, Marquise Pounce, saw a couple, a couple of us yesterday on his way into the locker room and he had a big smile on his face and he said, thank God we can run the effing football. That was for you guys, and uh, I couldn't, you know, I couldn't really tell where he was coming from. If that was uh, a sigh of relief or, uh, hey, I told you we'd be fine. It's just so Stop funny to me, that they, me about it. Yeah, they're, they're very like, irkable.
1: Yeah, God, they they just all their frustration gets vented on the media. As if you guys invented their inability to run the ball in the last couple of weeks.
5: Well, it turns out it was was a little bit, I told you so, and it was a little bit relief. Pouncey uh, not backing down when uh, the tape recorders and cameras were actually on inside the locker room. It was for you guys, man. Y'all think I'm We did that for you. <laughs> no, man. We just, honestly, man, um, we just did good. James did a good
2: job of hitting it, man. And we did a good job of blocking people. And um, we went down by points, man. So the game plan was, was steady on the whole entire time. And, uh, and that's the good thing about it. We didn't have to get off track.
5: So third downs. Third down, And not being behind 14.
9: Yeah, no, another thing we was happy about was getting
6: that first down on the first drive. That, was, that made us a little, feel a little bit better about ourselves.
5: See, there's the relief at the end. Uh, They didn't go three and out. They actually got off to a good start.
2: That was their first first down on their first possession all year. (laughs) They had not had a first down in their first possession of a game in the previous four, not
3: one. I would have told you that just from watching the games, but I wouldn't have been sure of it statistically. Like, I didn't have the facts to back me up.
5: You just knew they were bad. Yeah. They had been ineffective, let's say. Uh, they were very effective yesterday, and one of the reasons why, according to Ben Roethlisberger, was that uh, Atlanta's defense invited the run.
7: Well, we knew they had a – when their nose guys was down, when their best, when their better linemen were, were down. Um, and we knew that they were – I don't want to say undersized, but it's that it's – that, NFC South kind of size guys with you know big linebackers and rush ends and things like that. So we knew coming in we wanted to try and establish the run.
5: Yeah, Grady Jarrett was the defensive tackle he was referencing, and that was the fourth starter, and he's a very good player. Atlanta is down four quality players on defense. Both of their starting safeties, Ricardo Allen and Keanu Neal, they're on injured reserve. Their best linebacker, Deion Jones, is on injured reserve. And, yes, they didn't have their best interior defensive line and that defense is down to two speed pass rushers off the edge. Tack McKinley and Vic Beasley. That's what they have. Impact and players at every level. It's just out. it's just not enough. They're they're well, not they, going to stop anybody all year. I think if the Steelers would have won that game
1: 41 to 37 or something like that or you know, then I'd be more concerned about like oh that wasn't really a big Steeler win yesterday, that defense is just terrible and we outlasted, but the fact that the defense shut them down in conjunction with the offense doing what they were supposed to do it really combined to be a win you can be excited to build on instead of oh well, they shouldn't have lost it I've
5: never been one that To try to find fault in doing what you're supposed to do. That's the objective of the exercise. Right. Yes, you did well. You scored points against the team you should have scored points against. Good job. Yes. But Uh, for those
2: who want to delegitimize, as I said earlier, the victory, because it's against a 1-4 and team, and you want to talk about Atlanta's defense, which is absolutely correct. They were bad coming in. They were worse because they didn't have Grady Jarrett. But on the defensive side of the ball, um, that's completely legit because – they had
5: everybody available. In fact, they got Freeman back, which made it even more dangerous. Right. Um, well, he he had a disjointed game, I thought. Yeah. He looked like a guy who missed one. Missed, yeah. He'd been out, what, three weeks? Yeah. And, you know, Mike, just to, to go along with, you know, we're talking about the
2: offense against that defense. The thing that struck me, and I began to think about this in the Kansas City game, um, that they might have to, as as explosive as the Steelers' offense can be, given the fact that even with yesterday, they're going to have to be wary of that defense. I'm not sold on the defense. I don't know. Oh, boy, they've arrived now. I don't know that mm-hmm. anybody can say that. No. The thing that struck me, though, when you look at the Steelers scoring drives, when the game still mattered 12 plays, 85 yards, 7.06. Wonderful. Eight plays, 78 yards, 4.16. Eleven plays, ninety-seven yards. Yeah, that was the big one. That five uh, plays, seventy-five yards. Sustained drives wear them down. And I, two things about the defense. I thought they were the most physical that they've been all year long. And wholeheartedly. We we don't talk about this at all. For once, I thought their tackling was excellent. Yes, excellent.
5: Well, a number of the guys talked about uh, rallying to the ball, and uh, I made the point today that on almost all of their sacks, they had somebody else there that was going to get the sack if the guy who got the sack didn't get the sack. Mm-hmm. They were just collapsing um, Matt Ryan's pocket, and he had nowhere to go. And when he tried to get out, they chased him down. Uh, back to the running game uh, just before we wrap it up here. Uh James Conner took advantage of those opportunities. Uh, ben Roethlisberger uh, said a moment ago he thought that they saw vulnerability in that run defense for Atlanta. you got to take advantage of it. Conner kept doing that, so they kept feeding them.
7: Ran hard. Um, ran people over, spun around people, and and, and I told him, I said, listen, you. there were even times that I thought he made a move when he could have lowered the boom. And um, he's he's a very powerful back. I don't think people give him as much credit as, as he probably should get, but um, like I said, he, he performed exceptionally. Back.
5: And uh, Marquise Pounce, he said Connor needed a game like yesterday's. All that uh, bravado of last week aside that, uh, yeah, we'll run the ball, don't worry about it. Uh, yesterday was a good day to get that done for James Conner.
2: It's huge for him, man, especially confidence-wise. Um, I know the last couple of days we did a, could, could,
6: did a better job of getting him more feeds and getting him the ball, and, and for us to have negative runs, it kind of turns off the coordinator some of trying to call runs, but um, I'm proud of him, man. I know he's really, really happy, man. He needed that.
5: He needed that.
3: He needed that. All right, We well- need him to do it again.
1: This week, You know, you made a good point earlier with the aspect of his uh, game yesterday that really seemed to improve. There were a couple of things that you wanted to see out of James Conner to sort of bridge the gap between what we're able to do now and without Le'Veon Bell. And one of those was the yards after a contact, after catch, and he really did pick that up yesterday. Seemed to be really comfortable and productive running the ball after the catch.
2: You know, I think most people, even from his days at Pitt, look at James Conner as a one-cut downhill guy. Uh, but he was really nimble in the open field. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I'm i not expecting to be Gale Sayers. Uh, I mean, he he uses and,
1: that spin move every week. He figures out a he,
2: spot to work it. Very good in open space, mm-hmm. which is, of course, one of Le'Veon Bell's strengths. Uh, and, and even though the receptions he got were largely checkdowns and that kind of thing, he can catch the ball. I mean, he's not as dangerous as a, quote, Receiver, I'm talking about being actually involved in the passing. Running batter, routes and yeah. But he was very nimble in the open field. And I got to believe, um, you know, he lost what, Mike, 15, 20 pounds in the offseason. He's still powerful,
5: but he really looked good in the open field. Yeah, and they, they converted third downs, which gave him a chance to continue going to Connor if they wanted to. And, and part of that was they were manageable. First five third downs were all converted, third and one. Connor up the middle for two. Third and one at the goal line. Connor over the top for a touchdown. Uh, third and four, uh, Roethlisberger to Connor for eight yards. Third and one, Connor for 16. And then uh, third and ten was uh, the difficult one, and that's when Roethlisberger hit Jesse James and then the penalty on Atlanta piled on. That turned out to be a real big play on the way to the second touchdown. but You know what? He was ripping off big runs yesterday.
4: Breaks into the clear. 25, 20, 15. He's down inside the 10-yard line. Nifty run again for James Conner. Campbell, the weak side backer, hauled him down finally for the Atlanta
5: Falcons.
1: That was a 30-yard gain for Conner early in the game. I believe that was on the first drive, wasn't it?
5: I I do agree with Randy Feigner's assessment last week that uh, you got to get the guy hot. you got to get a running game in rhythm. I think that's true for the linemen. Uh, you know, when they've been at their best since they're going to Cincinnati, we could probably all remember there have been times where they've been ahead of the Bengals in the third and fourth quarter and just running Le'Veon Bell, and the Bengals knew what was coming and they still couldn't stop it because the line was in sync and the back was in sync and everything was flowing. The The trick to being an offensive coordinator is to get everything in sync at the same time so you have options and whatever you go to works, and that is a that's a tough balancing act.
1: More with Stan Saverin when we return here on the DVE Morning Show. A power hour of Steelers talk on your radio home of the Black and Gold 102.5 DVE. It is the DVE Morning Show. Stan Saverin joining us. It's a power hour of Steelers talk on Mondays here in the 9 o'clock hour. But uh, I'm going to break format for just a second to ask you uh, quickly Is Matt Murray okay?
2: I don't know. Um, He's not the only one. I was at the game, well, obviously the opener Thursday. uh, the pregame and I, I went to the game saturday night and it was just a complete they didn't show up and uh against the montreal team you know that team scores that many goals usually every other week and a half combined mm-hmm. um and he gave up a real bad goal to brooks orpic uh he gave up another bad one in the washington game uh, another bad goal some of them aren't all his fault um as I said in my Penguins reports, which are in a couple of stations around here, uh, there have been at least two occasions, uh, three occasions, where guys are standing in front of the net, and the Penguins treat them like they've got contagious diseases. Uh, they don't go anywhere near them. I mean, Ovechkin may Ovechkin. never get uh, an easier goal. They yeah. had uh, rebounds. You know, you can only expect your goaltender. Uh, to make the first save. Now, you don't want him kicking out fat, juicy rebounds, mm-hmm. um, but it was a complete meltdown. And, and no, I can't say with any certainty two things that he's okay because uh, we haven't seen it yet. And last year, and I'm going to have Mike Lang on my show today. We'll talk about it. Last year, their defense was sloppy in terms of giveaways, uh... in terms of odd man rushes, and that's sort of, from October on. But the reason given, well, they're fatigued, and and that's totally legitimate. Well, now they're Mm rested, and we're still seeing ghastly turnovers, which lead to odd man breaks, which lead to goals.
5: Now Sullivan was pretty uh, clear. He he didn't scream after the game Saturday night, but he just said, hey, we're playing high-risk hockey. We're we're playing like all we want to do is score goals, and that ain't going to work. Not his favorite. And we know that's not going to work. And we're doing it anyway. Yeah, paraphrasing, um, you know, that's a lot is in their control. They we talk so often since he got here about that fine line they play between trying to press the advantage of their speed and skill and not leave themselves vulnerable if the if the play they're trying to make doesn't work. And right now, the Washington game was just uh, that was like watching pickup basketball at the playground. You know, whoever had whoever had to rock was going to let it rip, and yep. didn't really care what was going on <laughs> when they didn't have it. Mm-hmm. I didn't see the Canadian game Saturday night, but yeah, uh, that was just just five to one. That's totally pretty self-explanatory. Yeah, three nothing. They give them a shorty, uh, you know, and they still had a
2: chance. You know that kind of thing. I mean, the first power play unit is yet to score. Best in the league last year. The one power play goal they got was from the second unit. Um, defensemen are getting beaten one on one individually. Mato who I'm a big fan of uh twice now has made really he got he gotten beat. Um and they're just they're not thinking. Um and I likened the Malkin turnover in the Washington game when they're up 6'4, five minutes to play. <clears throat> you don't need any more goals. He has that blind giveaway to Oshi. Now it's a game. I likened that to James Conner's fumble in the Cleveland game. The Browns were dead. They were out of it. The play people were emptying yeah, they were um, and, leaving. Yeah. And that got them back into it. And the same thing with Malkin's giveaway. Now it's 6 5. Uh-oh. Um, and the, the Capitals had played the night before, and they looked tired and they looked dead and they looked like it was over. But thank you very much
1: yeah game game a new life all right so let 's get back to uh, the Steelers game yesterday before we look ahead at last week. We talked a lot about the players contributions on the field, who did uh, better this this week and who turned it around where they needed to. but uh, one aspect we haven 't talked about the coaches really. Had a good game yesterday. Uh, for the first time, you know, it seemed it was kind of frustrating as a Steelers fan to see us literally get out coached. I think Randy Feekner probably had his best game so far in creating a balance that was necessary. Uh, but defensively, you know, credit to Keith Butler. He really did a great job of dialing up the blitz when it needed to be and also laying off, letting the D lineman get uh, pressure on Matty Ice, dropping guys back into coverage, making it tough for him. And he
2: has as flustered as I've seen Matt Ryan. No doubt. Uh, as I said earlier, they moved him off his spot, sacks or no sacks. You move him, move a quarterback off his spot. By the way, that's especially important to mm-hmm. Andy Dalton. Uh, no quarterback likes pressure. He despises it. He doesn't yeah. function well. Let's bring it. Um, You've got to move him off the spot. I think another thing that we haven't talked about at all, and I think was a major addition, was the return of Mike Hilton. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, he comes back. He is a great blitzer. They send him a lot. We were talking on the postgame show yesterday uh, with Charlie Batch, and one caller brought up, and I, I agree. He reminds everybody a lot of Deshae Townsend, who wasn't a big guy but just had a great knack. Timing, for, timing, great yeah. knack for blitzing. He's
5: able to impact the play even when he doesn't get there. Yeah, he, he makes something else happen. Absolutely, somebody's it, got to pick him up. It always works to some degree when he kind of you see him sneaking in and he times it up. Just right when the snap goes, and he's got a running start, and even if he gets blocked, he influences the play.
2: Yeah, I and mean, if he, you know, I, I'm not going to say that if he played last week, they would have beaten Baltimore. But there's always a domino effect. So now you have to move Cam Sutton to play that position. He's not as good at it. He's not as familiar with it. It weakens your depth on the corner. Um, hey, all teams have injuries. Certainly, the you know the Atlanta Falcons <laughs> yeah. do. But um, you know, getting Hilton back was huge. And I, I think we also have to mention special teams. And I'm not just talking about the, the punt block. It was a big play, no question about that. But when you stop and look at Jordan Berry, I've been critical of him, I think justifiably so. He kicked brilliantly yesterday. He had a great game. Um, and also their coverage. And if you look at the return yards, especially on punts, kickoffs, you know, there aren't many of those anyway. Mm-hmm. But. Uh, Cam Sutton made a tremendous play Huge. on a punt.
5: Open field tackle, yeah.
2: And, and there was another one where um, Artie Burns and Chicolo came down on a punt and just nailed the guy. And I'd <laughs> like to see, uh, I have to look at the drive chart, where Atlanta started their drives. They started a lot of them inside their own 20. You don't want to give Matt Ryan or a guy like that the ball in right. his own 40 all the time. Uh, and that helped the defense. So the special teams called hidden yardage. I thought it was really prevalent yesterday.
5: Uh, so what is your best, I don't want to say wow, guess. To follow his point, Atlanta did not start a drive past the 25-yard line. Wow. And it wow. started one, two, three, four, five, six inside the 25. Bingo.
1: There you go. That's, That's why I bitch about the punter.
5: You always make fun of me for that. But we yeah, give away yards. Well, I just...
1: <laughs> We, we just t- give up field position with with Barry.
5: When they're getting destroyed on defense and you're talking about the punter, I mean, it's just priorities. Well, you know, but it's, oh, it's a short field better field position right. would help the defense. If you exactly. can't stop anybody, all it does is take them longer to score if you get a better punter. That's not true. I, it's way down on Where the Where they're set up matters.
3: Yeah, it, it does, but... It affects the play calling, I'm sure, of the offense. Because I, I when they're think, pinned in know, their
5: own end... I agree with Tomlin's assessment that Barry has been inconsistent from a varsity... Standard level for most of the season, but they had some really much bigger I, yeah, issues. Yeah, I,
1: I know those were bigger issues, but that doesn't make you know giving away field position not an issue. It is, mm-hmm. and yesterday it wasn't. And to your point, uh, Stan, not starting a drive outside of the twenty-five
3: that had to help the D find no their footing. So that was the best game I've seen the Steelers play in all three phases, and I, I can't remember the last one. Well, that's what I was going to ask you: is how close is that to their
1: identity,
2: or is it you know the 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 performance we saw against Baltimore? Well, like- I mean that that is what you'd like to see. Uh, whether you can see that every single mm-hmm. week is problematic. Uh, what what you'd really like to see, there are going to be games when all three phases click and you win forty-one seventeen. There are going to be other days, most days, as a matter of fact where you are going to need one unit to pick up for another one. Maybe your offense isn't great, so your defense wins you the game. Uh, Maybe you win a game on special teams. Maybe your defense is poor as your offense covers. Look at Kansas City yesterday. Worst defense in the NFL. They totally shut Jacksonville down. Which I I didn't... Who saw that? I didn't see that coming. Yeah. And so that's that's what you need. You, you know, you're not going to be per- you're not going to win every game. Forty one to seventeen. That's it for us for today. I not think they would win
5: any games. Forty one to seventeen. No,
2: the forty one part. It was the seventeen that was concerning. And then you know, the, the the Bengals showed me something yesterday, and that is you know you all with them you always wait for um, the E to change into a U. Bengals turned into bungles because uh, they oh, <laughs> always they screw find this up. a way. And usually, frankly, it's when the Steelers show up. But two things they did yesterday: they were down seventeen nothing. Normally, that's it. Yeah. Um, get well, I bet for... the
5: mood was really pleasant in that stadium. Oh yeah,
2: <laughs> and those fans—they're the worst fans in the league because they don't understand the game. They don't. They do not know the game. They know baseball. They do not know football. But of course, I heard plenty of boos when the Steelers were down twenty-one nothing too. But they can't. Not only did they come back. But they scored two defensive touchdowns. Thank you very much, Ryan Tannehill. Um, <laughs> they'd be better off with Ray Tannehill. At <laughs> but they came back and they did it with two defensive touchdowns, which tells me maybe, maybe this is going to be a harder transition from Bengal to Bungle. We'll find out Sunday. Stan Savern. Game. It's a big early season
5: game.
1: Steelers. Oh, are here this morning on DVE. Special thanks to Stan and uh, thanks to Jerry Dulac. And uh, Tim Benz for joining us tomorrow. Zebra Talk with Gene Sterator. boy, be interesting to hear his response to Coach Tom and calling uh,
3: those calls a joke. I don't know how anybody could watch the the play that T.J. Walk got flagged for and not say it's a joke. Johnny Betch, Kim Hayward, tomorrow as well. More
1: chances to win uh, workforce cash, 1000 bucks at the top of every hour. Stan, who do you have on your show this afternoon?
2: Well, Tunch joins me uh, every um, uh, day after a Steeler game. And um, the voice of the Penguins, Mike Lang, will be on at 1 o'clock. Mostly ah. Steelers, but we'll talk some hockey as we did here today. Nice. Good deal. Great All right. balls of fire.
1: Michelle is coming up next. She'll have the electric lunch at noon. Oh, we're in for a nice week. The Steelers win. G's going to sell a lot of toilet Walking paper this sunshine. week. Everyone's going to be nice in line at Giant Eagle. It's great. Oh, yeah. You want to merge? Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> That's right. Traffic is easier. <laughs> Everything. <laughs> the sun is shining. Enjoy, Steeler Nation. A big W yesterday. I'm finished. You stay classy, Pittsburgh. Don't touch your face.
4: I
7: got him tight, Pittsburgh, all day, baby.
6: For now, you guys call me Ronald.
7: Would you not eat my pants?
6: Ronald. Ah! <laughs>